the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one heavenly father we are blessed to have you to know you to participate in you of your fullness we receive one grace after another we're asking you today as we delve into your words open our eyes our ears our hearts and our mouths anoint us with fresh oil open our eyes to see let your river flow here bringing life wherever it goes thank you great god we love you we are grateful Blessed be your name. In the name of Jesus. Amen. May I have your seat? Okay. I'd like us to jump straight to the book of Second Corinthians, chapter eleven. We parked somewhere around here about two a week ago. And I'd like for us to continue again as the Lord will lead us last uh, last um, week we went on a detour because that's where God wanted us so whenever we are on a Bible study and we happen to for any reason be going through a chapter or something it very often happens that we have inter interjections where we, you know, while trying to continue and study, that we have to do what the Holy Spirit says we should do. And, you know, if I have any doubt about it, the Holy Spirit always confirms it. In fact, I typically have no doubt about it, too. I guess it's for the sake of others, but typically he confirms it. As I've said, it's happened hundreds of times. And I've come to know if he says talk about something else. As I'm speaking, I can't even remember one of the major reasons, but I know more than one person spoke to me about how they were asking questions and during that study, he answered them and addressed matters that were very pressing in people's lives that very day so um <clears throat> it's the lord's church he said he will build it he will build it with words he will build it with with um with words and thoughts but uh, if we start speaking our own words insisting on saying our own thing it's not the church being built it's you being Maybe impressed the hearers or maybe the speaker pleasing himself. 
that the Lord doesn't want to either please the speaker or impress the listeners. He wants to build his church. And he builds his church through what? Prophecy. Prophecy is given for what? Three things. First Corinthians 14. <clears throat> we have a memory verse. We have a memory verse. For Sheila and these are spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue. Does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. He who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort. But he who prophesies speaks edification. All right, so verse 3 says, But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. Three things, all right? Edification means to build up, to edify. So some translations just say, builds up. The one who prophesies builds up. And Jesus said, I will build my church. Is this clear? I will edify my church. Same thing. Therefore, whatever comes, why the Lord commended prophecy so much in the book of First Corinthians 14. He said, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Because the one who prophesies is speaking, building up. He's building up the church. He went on to illustrate that he would rather speak five words of prophecy in a church gathering than a thousand words in an unknown tongue. At the very end, he said, don't stop people from speaking in a tongue. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but I'm saying that if you're going to make it a public utterance, it's not that you're telling everyone pray. No, this is not a situation of general prayer. This is a situation where someone stands up and says, Brethren, la bra ba 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 He said if there's no interpreter, nobody that can interpret it. Because when you interpret a tongue, it becomes prophecy. The interpretation of an unknown tongue, tongues of men or of angels, is prophecy. But non-interpretation of the same thing is nothing. You're not saying anything. He says you're just babbling. It sounds like babbling. He, went, he had gone on to clarify that 
when you speak in a tongue that in the spirit you're speaking mysteries yes secrets that he who speaks in a tongue the first verse does not speak to men but to god so when you come in a church gathering and you open your mouth and you're not speaking to the men there why did you take the microphone to speak to god what for you're holding the mic everyone kept quiet to listen to you and you start having a private conversation with the almighty he said don't do it it's not wrong to pray or speak in a tongue it's just that it's of no benefit to the house except you're praying maybe you're praying in private you're praying even in public it's a prayer it's part of a prayer so part of what happens we pray in the spirit and then we pray in english you know he says i'll pray in the spirit i'll speak in the spirit pray in the spirit i'll pray in my understanding i'll sing in the spirit i'll sing in my understanding that's the sequence when you bring it let interpretation flow typically that's what's flowing after you sing in a tongue or you speak in a tongue if you're the one ministering publicly but sometimes you don't have what to say anymore or you don't know what next to say or you're praying for someone you know the person is hearing and you pray in english or you begin to pray in english and you don't really have what you know and then you pray in a tongue you know god gives you what to say you know every time that happens there's one leads to the other and this leads to the other okay so with the lord it's important that whatever we do is of benefits to people he doesn't want us to do useless things open your mouth and do nothing just sit here and go ah god questions that why why do you do that i just feel like doing it no you can't just feel like doing it my people are gathered here if they are here whatever you do should build them up should build them up you should exhort them rebuke admonish correct whatever you should encourage them all right but back to my main point today jesus or with this verse jesus will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail how will he do it through words through prophecy prophecy results in building up through prophecy as the words of the spirit come they flow out the words of the spirit come the any version all right so if it's the scriptures we are studying fine if it's um uh, a prophetic word if it's so whether it's a series or we are studying these verses or we are pausing from studying the verses and we are going to just speak as the spirit leads all of it is supposed to shape the people into the building he wants is this clear it's a bible study if you have a question online or anywhere else if i don't answer it while i'm speaking whether i already have it or later write it send it in if you're online write it send it in um if you're here in person write it and send it in if you're listening to this later write it and send it in i will still answer it when i see it as soon as i can um so do that uh, or you ask for the microphone during the time for questions <clears throat> we were at second corinthians chapter 11. what i just said in case you didn't understand was that last week's non-continuation of chapter 11 was 
the Lord Jesus building his church, okay? So anything that builds his church is acceptable. And prophecy is what builds his church. And I was teaching prophetically, so his church was built. That means his will is done. Chapter 11. I'll start from verse 1. I hope you will bear with a little of my foolishness. But you are already doing that. NIV here says, I hope you put up with me in a little foolishness. Yes, please put up with me. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. He says, he calls it a godly jealousy. There's something like a godly jealousy. A jealousy that pleases God. There's a jealousy that is not pleasing to God. Normal jealousy that you're aware of. But there's a jealousy that is godly. It's the kind of jealousy I feel sometimes. In fact, I feel a lot, not sometimes. You want to understand it? Let's keep reading. For I promised you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. This jealousy is not for the woman. This jealousy is a jealousy someone feels for his friend. I found a beautiful wife for you. Pictured back in the day, or even now, some places. Found a wife for you. Tried to make sure she's safe and secure. And all of that. I've been going back and forth between the two parties. You talk to the man, then you go talk to the lady. Ah, he even said she greet you. He asked about you. This and that. He said she give you this small thing. Back and forth, back and forth. And then one of those days, you go to see the lady. You have a message, a letter. And the man had put some things in an envelope. You think it's money. You know, and you're going to say, eh, bang, bang, bang. And you see the lady say, give someone a quick peck. And say, Baba, I see you use the other side. And come out, ah, my husband's friend. The feeling. Now you're not the husband. But you had promised to present her to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. And the lady is two-timing. Pulling stunts. The feeling. The pain. I remember as a child. I don't know why. <laughs> but I remember seeing some movies as a child. And in the movie. Was it? Oh, one was a novel. I don't know if at first it was. I think it was in a novel. I read a lot. If I saw it, I read it. Except it was. Mills and Boone, because I had heard as a born again child, you shouldn't read romance novels. Those novels, children could read it these days. The Mills and Boons of my time. So innocent. Anyway, so I had heard, don't read Mills and Boone. So, nah, bad book. But everything else I read. I remember reading a book and, you know, the wife of a man in the book was hitting on his friend or something. 
this this feeling I had. I mean, it's a novel. <laughs> a reader's digest. <laughs> a bridge novel in a series. One of my dad's many books. I stumbled across. And the lady is throwing herself on this man. The man is even trying to resist because it's his friend. But the, the, the emotions I had as a, a 10 year old or 11 or however old I was, about that age, 11, 10, 11. So I remember those emotions. I think that may have been my first sense of what I'm describing here. Like, how, de- like, why? Why would someone be unfaithful? Why? Why would you be unfaithful? I felt very bad. If I can remember correctly, I think I felt something bad should happen to her, like a car jam you or something. Maybe I didn't feel it, but I'm just thinking. But I know it was a, a bitter feeling, like Now, she was not my wife. I'm not sure she exists. It's a fiction. <laughs> it's a fictional <laughs> record. It's a, it's, a, it's a fictionalized book. It's fiction. It's not fictionalized. It's fiction. Pure fiction. Of course, that happens in real life. But I am saying that godly jealousy is offended at a person's unfaithfulness to the one they should not be unfaithful to. And in addition to that, he is the one that did the go-between. He was the friend of the bridegroom, spoken about in the book of Matthew, the friend of the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom is one of a class of people, often they are servants of God, preachers, who have a job, the job of bringing or finding you find it in the book of Matthew chapter 25. The scriptures tell you that in verse... Let's just read verse 5 and 6. When the bridegroom was delayed, <clears throat> they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here is the bridegroom come out to meet him now you may not understand this come out to meet him listen that's verse 6 look at what happens in verse 7 then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps keep going the foolish ones said to the wise give us some of your oil our lamps are going out no said the wise ones or they may not be enough for both us and you Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy it, the bridegroom arrived. Those who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. You heard before the bridegroom came was the cry, a cry rang. Here comes the bridegroom. Give me that in another translation. That was verse 7. Verse 6. In the middle of the night, there was a shout. Here's the groom. Another. Here's the groom. The husband comes. Go out to meet him. Go out to him. Let's give it King James. 
Behold, the bridegroom cometh. That sounds like a retreat heading. December retreat. Yes? Okay, whatever. Maybe you guys were not born again. Who has seen behold the bridegroom cometh? It just sounds very retreaty. Go ye out to meet him. People of God. The people that announce these things, that make the cry, are called the friends of the bridegroom. Their job, they have, it's a job. It's something, like what maybe today someone say a best man. But of course your best mans are more for show. You know, wedding day show. But if you really, really want to be a proper best man, all that, you should be involved in organizing. Now people talk about an organizing committee and all that. But it ought to be the friends of the bridegroom. And you just help things happen. The friends of the bridegroom, apart from the parents that may have met the wife-to-be's parents and been the go-between and saying, our son is interested, and they betroth you. The friend of the bridegroom, uh, is, he's not the bridegroom. He's the one talking, he's the one coordinating, he's the one engaging, he's the one communicating. He, the bridegroom is being dressed nicely the bridegroom doesn't come out and say i am coming oh i'm coming oh get ready i'm coming that's that you know you hide the bride and the groom it is <clears throat> the friend of the bridegroom that comes announcing the bridegroom is coming now you might wonder why would the other ones tell them go and buy oil i thought they say come out and meet him go out ye go ye out to meet him because when that announcement comes it comes with time for you to go and prepare. It's not his coming, he's at the door. It's not, you'll be here in five minutes or two minutes. No, that's not what this announcement, in their culture. That announcement could come, I'm estimating, it could come by 12, by 9, by 10 in the morning, and he arrives by 3, 4, 5. Do you understand me? It's a time for preparing. The wife, she may have gone to the stream, they may have betrothed her since, since five years before, seven years before. Did you read about Rachel and Leah? Did you read? Jacob worked for a woman for seven years. Uh-huh. Seven years. She knew you're going to marry this man at the end of seven years. She was aware. That's her preparation time. That was her preparation time, seven years. So, different people would be betrothed. But when it's close to the time, a cry would go out. Now, for this one, it came in at midnight. The bridegroom cometh. That means they probably had till somewhere around day or sometime to get ready. That is why they got up, trimmed the lamp. You didn't hear, the, you didn't hear it said that they jumped up and ran out. You heard it said that they got up, trimmed the lamp. They advised this one to go and buy. But while they were on their way, he came. He said, but. It's not like, unsurprisingly, he came. No. They had time in their mind to go and buy oil. After all, they've been waiting for him for <laughs> how many years now? Take notes. They were waiting for him before they fell asleep. Do you remember? Oh, verse 1. Uh, sorry. Start. We didn't start from verse 1. 
At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Did they already tell them to come and meet him? Can you see? So it's not that these were girls living their life and then they shouted. Then any girl from her house ran out like, we want to marry King Ahasuerus. No. These were other already called. Okay? But you are meant to be called, then chosen, and faithful. The four, ten of them had been called already. They went out. The Bible says they had gone out. These people had gone out. They, were, they had prepared. They were prepared. What happened? Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take along any extra oil. So they left their houses, they picked their things, they began the journey. You know, when I tell our church family sometimes, in family, I say, or when I'm preaching, I say it all the time. I say, don't be foolish. I talk about foolishness and people take it like it's a personal thought. You don't understand. Foolishness will cost you everything. Foolishness is disastrous. Don't be happily foolish. Don't say, well, who, is not, who does not have some foolishness? And no, no, foolishness is really bad. If it wasn't a sin, why would it cost them? They shut them out. They locked the door. These girls, their foolishness, when you read the book of Proverbs and you read about foolishness or the fool, you don't read any of that and say, leave it, John. It's not everybody that is smart the same way. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Foolishness is life-threatening. He didn't say five of them were wicked. Look with me. He did not say, I'm not saying they were not wicked. Wicked. Foolishness is actually a form of severe wickedness. Just go study. If you haven't done this study, do it. Book of Proverbs, pick up every place. He writes foolish or fool. Write down what, why they call them fools. Then check your life. Remember, it's the mirror of the word. The mirror of the word. You look at it, look at it, see yourself, clean it off. Deal with that matter. Do not joke about it. Don't laugh about it. Don't treat it casually. You are never meant to treat foolishness casually. Foolishness is not a, a weakness. You know, everybody is not the same. I'm not, this is not intellectual foolishness. So this is spiritual foolishness. And it is a great, great destroyer. The foolish ones took their land, but did not take along any extra oil. But the wise ones... So, whenever you see the verses, especially in the book of Proverbs, you see, you see the foolish person contrasted with the wise. Sometimes he's contrasted with the righteous. Because the righteous person is a wise person. And then you decide, as I decided personally, long, long ago, whether you want to be a spiritually foolish person or you're willing to appear to be a naturally foolish one. Now, you shouldn't be naturally foolish, but you you can be your IQ matters, things that, well, training, lack of attention, carelessness, immaturity might contribute to. And then there are the other things that 
is just spiritual. Spiritual foolishness. Where you don't make choices that are like God. You make choices that are not like God. Your decision making process is not how God makes decisions. That's the path to foolishness. The more you do things like that, the more foolish you will be. I'll give you the ultimate verse for it. It says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. So his, his foolishness is manifested in his lack of recognition of the God factor. Like what says God? This matter, what said God? And you're like, God? Ah. They say things like, God gave us brains to think. I was speaking with some lady in some, from some cessationist type church. And he said, so I, we talked, I said, well, I'm praying about some, sometimes she said, she smiled and laughed. And said, well, that's the difference between us and whether she said Pentecostals or something. You know, the summary is that when she thinks of something, when they do something, you think of it, you do it. That's, that's, that's their modus operandi. Think and do. Can't go inquiring up and down every time about things. Now, she's not very correct. I laughed in my heart because most Pentecostals don't do any such thing. <laughs> Which kind inquire? They just do. <laughs> They're exactly like her. <laughs> the difference is Pentecostals do it and speak in tongues on it. <laughs> Pentecostals do it and sprinkle tongues. <laughs> sprinkle tongues on it like God. Sebra. Sha. Shabama. You, you just do. Okay. But I think that a wise person foresees. The other day, one of the meetings, we talked about how the Holy Spirit was given Friday to see, to know the future. Say, so he will tell you things to come. Why does he need to tell of things to come if you don't need to know things to come? And what's his prophecy? Things to come. Prophecy is you being pre-informed about things to come. So you need prophecy. He said, above all, that you may prophesy. That is, desire spiritual gift better. The best spiritual gift is to know the future. Shouldn't that make you not mock prophetic matters? We are not discussing quackery that is called prophetic gifting. We are discussing real prophetic gifting. Real prophetic gifting super important. Having a clue, knowing how far. Not just, I'm not emphasizing personal prophecy, even though that is amazing and really, really awesome. I've seen it at work hundreds and hundreds, not thousands of times. Beautiful, it makes such a massive difference. I, I often wonder how the church, how people survive without prophetic ministry. But I'm thinking at this moment more of prophecy of the Bible that makes you make decisions with it in mind that listen, you see these things you're doing now according to the scriptures. He says those who do this, this will happen. There's a prophecy. Those who don't do this, this will happen. There's a prophecy. In this place we are living, in the future, this will happen. That's a prophecy. Everything that points to the future and helps con control how you behave now is a good thing. It's a good thing. He tells you, it's the prophecy of scripture that looks at you and you feel so hopeless. So, so, so out of it. And the word of God tells you, say to those who are broken hearted, don't be afraid. The Lord your God is strong with a mighty hand. When you call on him, he will come and save you. I'm like, oh, he has said that and kept. 
or when he, he says, I will bring my judgments upon them, but at the end I shall give them mercy and I shall draw them back to myself. That's prophecy. That gives you hope. When he says, to the weak, to the downtrodden, thou warm Jacob, you who were not a people, I shall call you people. All of that, that's prophecy at work. It doesn't have to be specific and tell you on the 23rd day of October, an event shall occur. It doesn't need to do that. All he needs to do is tell you God's intentions, God's heart. It is the prophecy of scripture that makes us able to think and speak about the future and say, do you know there will come a time? I think it was Sunday I was illustrating here. Where I know most of you were not here. After the first service, the second service with the, the newer people and the visitors, you know, and I spoke about how um, that I can't remember, but it was new, a bit new, but it had something to do with the age to come, you know, and talking with someone and maybe wanting to learn something. Which character? Who did I say I want to visit? Josiah? King Uzziah? No, I said it's not him. It is not Uzziah. I mentioned his name. Joshua, I said I'll spend some time with Joshua. Discussing warfare. Spiritual warfare. Analogies. Or maybe we'll do an interview series called Analogies. I'll sit, someone interview us with, I don't know what kind of cameras. We can stream it live. The age you come and discuss. So tell me, what do you equate these events in the physical with this spiritual reality in my own time? And he will compare, oh, remember when we did this? That's the equivalent now. No, I've been studying this thing a <laughs> few thousand years now. I've studied it. I can, in fact, I wrote something. And we do an interview series, and people enjoy it. Release a book written Joshua Ben. Waiting with that in Papani. Joshua Ben Nun. Ita Ben Udo. <laughs> and Ita Ben Udo. He might be humble and put my name on top. Ita Ben Udo. Analogies. Studying warfare. Physical and spiritual. Want a copy? Want to book your copy now? Yes. Bring your money. Bring money now. <laughs> so, you know, it's because I believe prophecy that I can project that. That I can be walking around thinking, hmm, the day comes. You know, I was reading something about it and I don't really understand it. But what about these gaps? I was discussing how there are big gaps in the Bible, massive, how the scriptures just give you, like in five lines, it can tell you the whole life of a person. Now, wouldn't you want to know the rest? Uh, so the scriptures summarize things, they just summarize. That's it. Now, what happens in the future? First resurrection or general, I don't know at what stage. May I not wait for any general thing? You can wait beyond. 1,000 years gap, is it a small joke? But we even know some people after you do your lake of fire stint. No. So I go over and now you see, oh Joshua, you're my hero. Not me, you guys. No, no, they talk like that. 
Now, just go Joshua. Captain Joshua, it's a pleasure. I really have a lot of questions. And he says, why don't you come over to my place? Spend six months. And I go over, spend six months. You look for me, I'll off my phone. I'm with Joshua. And he's telling me the gist. I say, I want to see it. And he says, how do you want to do it? 3D, 7D. So let's do 7D. So we are there. We go to the past and we are there watching it happen. Oh, wow. Oh! I always wonder what happened to the giants. I always wonder. You guys, why didn't you write about the giants that those guys saw before? Were they all dead in 38 years? Say, no. When I was writing, the Lord said, don't write about them. That annoying reason that those people refused to enter the land. He said, don't write. Don't write at all. Don't even mention. Just kill them. But don't write about them. Do you realize that the giants were not spoken about? Those giants that those ten spies said we can't enter the land. Not once do you hear in Joshua Judges, except when they talk about Goliath later. Do you hear mention of the giants that were so massive they were like grasshoppers? So what happened to the giants? At no time did Joshua or Caleb say there were no giants or those men were just tall. They were giants. Massive giants. But the scripture does not contain and Joshua, I mean specifics about how they encountered. You read about David and Goliath. A small giant. That was a small giant. The giant those guys saw, they, they said they were like grasshoppers next to them. Joshua and Caleb did not say, you're exaggerating. Stop exaggerating. We've seen tall men before. That's not what happened. They were massive. They saw gigantic giants. Really, really gigantic. Like cedars of Lebanon. And that would fit the grasshopper analogy. Very big. But these guys, (laughs) these guys, They took them all out. When you read the Valley of Raphaim, the Valley of Giants, the giants were dying out. Sihon of Og. The truth is, some of these things we will not know till we see the people that were there. Let me walk over to that and say, so you tell me, what happened? Tell us, tell us, what happened? And he smiles and says, okay, I'll tell you. How long will it take for him to tell us? And some of you may be writers, and you go over there to him with the book of Joshua, with a lot of space by the side, and type out the rest, or write it out, and fill it out, and then go back to your own city or village, say, I have the full story. Now make a name for yourself. The one who got the scoop on Joshua's story. Alright, again, I know everybody's thinking, no, everybody just know. Don't be thinking like that. You're, you're very dry. You're a very dry person. You know, there are, many of you think like that. Ah, when that time comes, we don't know everything about everybody. 
And what is enjoyable about knowing everything about everybody? Huh? Okay, so what will we talk about? We can't even talk. Just look at each other and be going. I'll be smiling. <laughs> no. <laughs> Madness everywhere. Because you are in everybody's head, everybody's business. No. So we can talk. I mean, what would the woman do? <clears throat> be hell. Understand. Because in a China, hell with this. Since you come here, you don't talk. We will talk. We will speak. I think you'll be, you know people's thoughts, you hear it, but also you have the choice of using that method or not. There will be many wonderful things. I am saying that it's prophecy that lets me know this. It is prophecy that assures me of these things. Okay? It's not nothing. It's prophecy that tells me that when the day comes, that there's going to be life here on the earth that God created for man. And we will engage. So prophecy is super important. A fool does not believe in that. Doesn't believe in prophecy. Doesn't believe in the promises God. Second uh, Peter one calls it exceeding great and precious promises. Paul said, "By them you might fight a good warfare. You fight well based on what you're told. You look at challenges. You remember the promises. You engage. Do you know how many kingdoms and people have conquered in this world? Because I don't mean Christians. I mean ordinary people." Who said that there was a prophecy over them that gave them great boldness to go forth into a battle with an attitude that you can't conquer me. Do you know the prophecy on my head? You know, they, now what people see is this super bold warrior who, unlike them, seems to not be afraid. Listen, he seems unafraid. So he just attacks freely. He enters the fray with an attitude I'm unkillable. He's not bound by fear. Fear does not restrain him. Do you know fear restrains people? You don't? Fear restrains people. Fear restrains people. If you look uh, where was it? When they are about to go to war the Bible said that the priest will call the people and tell them, hey, is, if anyone here is afraid, let him go back. You remember that? You send them back and say they should go back to their families. They should not continue. Why? Lest they make the hearts of others afraid. Deuteronomy chapter 20. It says in verse 2, when you are about to go into battle, the priest shall come forward and address the army. He shall say, Hear, O Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies or with your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not be alarmed or terrified because of them. Do you see that? Don't be faint-hearted, afraid, terrified, or give way to panic before them. 
and uh, if you jump down to verse 8 verse 8 only it says then the officer shall speak further to the army saying is any man afraid or faint-hearted let him return home so that the hearts of his brothers will not melt like his own fear is contagious are you hearing this oh yes i'm showing it to you you're seeing it with me fear is contagious Deuteronomy 20 verse 8 says so so but bravery boldness is also contagious when you're with someone who seems very fearless you feel much bolder when you're with someone who is very fearful <laughs> you get weak you get really afraid that's how fear works so i'm giving an example of someone who has had purportedly prophecies that have been spoken over him that he's going to be the ruler he will be the next warrior he will have great victory and conquests you shall be the next great name the next napoleon bonaparte you will be the next whoever genghis khan you so they see you when you're a child or not or your mother tells you when you were born i'm talking about all those warriors of old even now but today they won't tell you because they pretend there's no spiritual dimension but many people you see push for all sorts of things government and all that you do you know it's because someone gave them a prophecy you don't know you don't know you better know it governors presidents nigeria elsewhere muslim christian it doesn't matter what they are worshiping many of them they were told by someone they were informed that i saw you they tell people things people give them words and that's what people that would never do anything people that have no interest they are like many of you they'll just go and sit in their corner and live their life and face their business but someone told them some many people tell them say i see you so I need to see you, depending on the situation. Then some people from where they were small. Then you're walking and then the, the prophet. And some is some of those things they saw are real. I'm not, okay, take notes. I didn't say Christian. It could be Greek. It could be Arabic. And they say, oh... The vassal of the Mahdi. You were, you were farmer, farmers, you read stories, ordinary farmers, like this, shepherds. Telemachus. Behold the chosen one. Behold the chosen one. Now say your life, don't finish. From there they say, you are the one to lead. You, you, the God spoke of you. Or they come, save us, save us. And the people with him, save us. You're like, no, not me. Who am I? And you go run home. You got like that. Then you have a dream. And the guy comes out, and people are this while, and they say, people, rally to me. And that's how he becomes a leader. And people have this faith. That this is the one, this, the gods, the gods, the gods spoke of this one, this one. So they are here. Once he is leading us, mm, we are made. And he goes out with his staff, his shepherd staff. Does not like carrying 
swords. With that shepherd staff, he walk up to someone. He's super bold. You're wondering, why is he so bold? Ah, no. Whispers to God. The favor of the gods are with him. With him. With him. He is the one. He's the, the prophecy. The prophecy. The prophecy. Now look at us, you and me. Christians. The ones with a more sure word of prophecy. More sure. And you don't even believe it. So you live like a nobody, going nowhere. Unbelievers have believed lies. Satan has told lies to unbelievers at times. Some of those prophecies are real. Maybe God induced, maybe not. Some demon induced. Satan needs a man. So he pushes them in, sends his priest, tells him something. He arises and goes forth. Demonic support of some sort may be there. He knows when he gets there, he'll continue to listen to this priest. You understand? And that's how. So that, why do you think many laws and strange rules came about? A demon stood next to a king and said, remember I put you here. And I can take you out. The priest tells him that. And he tells him, from today, tell all your people to hand over their firstborn children as a sacrifice. And that's how the law goes out. Satan knows that in spite of his satanicness, that's not a real word, don't write satanicness. But Satan knows in spite of how bad he is, he cannot physically come and start tampering with everybody everywhere. He can't. He needs a human being who will execute his desires in the physical realm. Do you get? This is why they always strive so hard to team up with those that empower. Those that empower. Okay? So prophecy, whether it came from God, whether it came from the enemy, and you should know that Satan picks up on prophecy. Oh, why do you think they killed all the babies when Moses was about to be born? All the male child, they were going after all the male children. Why do you think they went after all the male children when Jesus was about to be born? Satan tracks prophecy. He tracks it to stop it, to attempt to stop it. And depending on the individual, Sometimes he succeeds, depending on the structure God puts in place. But if it is something that God absolutely says will be, it will be. And he will not be able to mess with it. Just as sometimes the characters God may use may change. But if God has said something concerning you, and you don't try super hard to get yourself out of fulfilling it, you will likely be used to accomplish what God has spoken because God spoke it. And God is God. Is this clear? Even in our, our country, President Buhari wouldn't have been president if a prophet did not tell him God said he should go. How many of you don't know that? You don't know? In 2011, he had said if he loses that he will not run again. He lost. He cried publicly, publicly, and sobbed. And so he won't try. He had tried two, three, two. Now I wasn't tracking it, but I got to know some pieces. 2003, 2007, eight, uh, and 2011, and he wasn't going again. The prophet told him. Tunde Bakare told him. Went to him and told him. God said you should go. That you be the president. That's why he went. That's the only reason he went. Only. 
So he got up and went and, and won. Fact. So a Christian prophet gave him a Muslim the word and he believed it. If that can happen, remember, God doesn't talk only to Christians. Eh? In case you're here and you're funny and you believe strange things, God speaks to everybody. Donkeys, fish, anyone. Speaks to pharaohs, speaks to Babylonian kings, speaks to anyone, speaks to Assyria. He sends his servants, they tell people things. It's, uh, it's the Lord. He's the Lord of the whole earth. He's not the Lord of the church. He's the Lord of the whole earth. Okay? You know something I would like to teach on again? But I don't know if I'll be permitted. Is on government matters. But go and listen to the ones that taught them. Government, on how things work in the earth. Because most people have no clue. When you hear me speaking about government, you, you wonder what's pastor getting, talking about political things. <laughs> I don't talk about political things. I have no interest in political things. I talk about God's earth, God's kingdom. And included under God's kingdom are governmental matters. So, God does have authority. God is actively involved in the lives of his people. God is actively involved in the lives of all flesh also. If God can be involved in the lives of animals and their feeding, daily feeding, then you better extend the scope of your thinking. So God is very involved. But I would like to talk about government if I could to explain because I know there are many new people and you may hear things and wonder, well, I don't think so because you don't know this, you don't know that. No, it's you that doesn't know. You don't understand scripture on governmental matters. And last Sunday I was telling, I think it was Sunday, when was it? Or Friday? I was saying, people, go and read Jeremiah, go and read these books of the Bible. Learn about how God sees governments, the earth, how things are managed here. If you don't understand it, you will always be wrong. Regarding so-called political matters, you always be wrong. Like, maybe the only time you get educated properly will be in another age, where they will now explain, okay, you know about government, actually, God, um, God uh, did not, Jesus is not the savior of the church, he's the savior of the whole world. Not just the church, but especially the church. He's the savior of the whole world, First John 2. And this is how he sees things. Why would he give war rulers authority? Why would he call them his servants? Why would he call preachers his servants and call government authorities his servants? Why would he say he gave them a sword to do certain things? Why does he? Because his scope of work is way bigger than what you call Christianity. Way bigger. And Jesus is positioning himself to be the king, the governmental head of the whole earth, from which position he will restore all things. And when he's done with restoring all things, 
he will hand over that authority to the father and say, Father, I'm, I'm done with my job. I've brought it all the way back to before when Adam and wife ate the fruit. All the way back. That's Jesus' job. It's why I tell you, don't say the finished work of Christ. There's nothing like that. You, you are wrong. Obviously wrong. You may say the finished work of the cross. That is putting an end to animal sacrifice. That's what Hebrews 10 means. Once and for all, he settled the matter of where the blood source will be for all animal sacrifices. But all the other things that God's people are to do that need to be accomplished have yet to be accomplished. Jesus did not have one job, only come. It's not the blood sacrifices that Jesus the scriptures on blood sacrifices that testify of Jesus. It is all the scripture. So all of the law. He said I came to fulfill the law. Not to abolish it. To fulfill it. So he had fulfilled the animal sacrifice. The lamb. The innocent lamb. The Passover lamb. is just one piece to fulfill. There are, I don't know, hundreds. All must be fulfilled. Jesus came to fulfill all. Of what? The law. The law. The law that you are being told not to read. Because he fulfilled one part. Then some people say, there is no need to look at it again. That is done. The ignorance is staggering. He is going to fulfill every single one. Showing you, Passover, that was what he fulfilled. Pentecost, he fulfilled it 50 days after the Passover. Tabernacles have not been fulfilled. That's God with us. I'll dwell among them and walk with them. That's 2 Corinthians 6, verse 18. 16, 17, 18. That's what, that's, there's the time for that. That has not come yet. Where I'll dwell among them, walk among them, I'll be their God, they'll be my people, they'll be my sons and daughters. That's tabernacles. God with you. you. Only, so, even if you just look at the feast, three times must every man appear before me. Not to bring offerings. Yes, to bring offerings, but not money. Not, do not appear before. That passage says, do not appear before the Lord. Thou shalt not appear before the Lord empty-handed. When? Three times. So you must be prepared. Like the virgins, you must be prepared. You can't be empty-handed. You won't be ready. You must be prepared to meet him at Passover. You must prepare to meet him at Pentecost. Engage the blood Three bear witness in the earth. The spirit, the water, and the blood. The blood, the water, the spirit. All of those categories will be manifested. Justification, sanctification, glorification. So first is the spirit, is the blood at Passover. But at the Pentecost, now you're going to think, okay, that should be the spirit. That means tabernacles is the water, but I think it's the opposite. Water, it's called the washing of the water by the word. It's what Ephesians 5 says he's using to sanctify his church. That's how he gets her ready, that he might present her a blameless bride. And then finally, the tabernacles, when you have a glorified body, a body that will be transformed, a spirit-driven body of 1 Corinthians 15, that's life. That is that stage. Now, day three, bear witness. A two, two is not, you know, two are better than one, but a threefold cord is not easily broken. So the Lord is working on us 
to have a threefold cord. Do you think the law would tie cords that are easily broken? No, one of the clearest signs that is God that did something is that it will have three, three things on it. You know, it's going to run over it thrice. Alright, so this is the Lord's work. Now, that's, all these are just small illustrations. Everything in the scriptures, even this thing about fighting war, we just read in Deuteronomy 20. We are going to go to war. Jesus is Joshua. Joshua is Jesus. Joshua is the English anglicized form of Jesus. That's what Joshua is. Okay? Now, if Jesus is Joshua and Joshua is the guy that took them into the promised land. Of course, Jesus will take us into the promised land after Moses is gone. But before Joshua, there must be Moses. Before you access the promised land, you must have learned the law. The Lord is first your lawgiver. Jeremiah 22. He will come and save us. Mm. I find it not. The Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will come and save us. 33.22 For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. It is he who will save us. Before he manifests as your king, you manifest first as your lawgiver. Are you listening? And those who refuse to receive him as lawgiver will not have him as king. What did he tell them? He said, many, John and uh, Matthew 7. He said, Lord, Lord, that's my king, my Lord, my ruler. And then he said, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. That's the point. Lawlessness is your lawgiver. He gave you the law. You rejected the law. And then you want, then you claim he's your king. He's not your king. He has refused to be your king because you obey your king. The law will go forth from Zion. The law has given you a command. You don't listen to it. How is he your king? All right. So I'm just saying that I would really like to speak about some of those things uh, more uh, if we have the chance. But please. If we don't have the opportunity, the Spirit does not allow it. I beg you, please go and listen to messages on government, on why things, on how the earth runs, on how God sees things. Go and listen to messages on how God sees death. Because we have very many ideas in our heads. There are so many common reactions to things that God doesn't react that way at all. You know the book of Isaiah 57 tells you that out of great mercy, God kills his beloved. Oh, you read in Isaiah 57 verse 1, but uh, you didn't understand it. So when you saw it in the book of Revelation, where he says, blessed are those who die in the Lord from now. They will rest from their labors. Because you didn't understand Isaiah 57. Give me Isaiah 57 verse 1. 
The righteous perish and no one takes it to heart. Devout men are swept away while no one considers that the righteous are guided from the presence of evil. So uh, why did they die? He said devout men are swept away. Righteous perish. He says you don't understand. You don't take it to heart. You don't consider that the righteous, these people who died, who perished, were being ushered away from the presence of evil. Because your perspective of death is wrong. Like almost everything. You know, the lack of comprehension, proper comprehension of scriptures makes us interpret. You see good, we call it bad and call bad good. That's one of the signs of a people who have lost their bearings with God. They call black white and white black. They call good evil and evil good. You, they'll see something that God calls evil. They will praise it. They'll see something God says very good and they will curse it. Do you know how how dangerous that is for your future health? If you want to be healthy, you're planning to spend eternity with God. Are you planning to spend eternity with someone who thinks completely opposite to everything you do? And what will that be for you? A heaven? Uh, can two walk together except they be agreed? Okay. Those are just my thoughts. I think all of us should be extremely focused on learning to think how God thinks. Including on matters of governance. Of how the earth runs. Of money. But I speak about that a lot. How do things run? How does God see a ruler? What decides who? What does God think about presidents and governors and local government chairman? What the, what chairman? What does God think about regional heads of any kind? In all the nations of the earth. What does he think about the Chinese president right now? What, what does he think about the American president? Last week I started saying something. I don't know if I finished. Sunday or Friday. But I wanted to say that a lot of what's happening in America with the president, you know, President Biden or in their society, you know, is judgment. They are being judged. They are being judged. That's punishment. They are ripping things they've been sowing. Now, again, there's evil everywhere. So no one, we are not saying there are more evil. But there are kinds of evils that open, all right? It's like the monkeypox thing. It's not very complicated. You can't go into saying, well, don't say that that monkeypox is judgment. Have you ever read Romans chapter 1? And any other scripture? It is punishment. That they've come out to acknowledge that it's past, that it's an sexually transmitted disease. Ah. If they didn't sleep with men, men didn't sleep with men, they wouldn't have monkeypox. Full stop. That's the end. But when the people are so wicked that they will not even take proper action against it, they'll just keep quiet. <clears throat> the truth is that there are judgments against things. When you understand how the earth runs, when you understand, you know, and I like to explain these things because I almost never hear it explained. And therefore, God's people walk around getting their ways of thinking from newspapers. And you don't even know that the scriptures have dealt with that matter extensively. They've explained it. Scriptures have told you what to think, how to think, given example upon example of this is me, that, that I can raise a bad king, 
just to judge that I can empower another kingdom where they are very evil, where they don't believe in God, the God of Israel, to come and conquer you that believes in the God of Israel. That that is fully, that occurs multiple times. When we don't think right. Remember how I used to think, oh, there's so many thoughts we have. I gave an example, maybe three, four years ago. I talked about how, you know, well, it might not be that long, but not some time ago. And you say, uh, um, look, look, look at what the Americans did. Look at what they did. They came, they came to this place and they, 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 they landed on the North American continent and they attacked and killed many of the Native Americans who were there before them. They killed them. I told you about the Trail of Tears where they invited them for a parley and said, oh, let's, let's make peace. Let's not fight. And they served food. And those Indians ate it. And they, as they were walking back, they were dropping dead on the road because it was poison. They gave them poison food. And so on and so on and so on. All of that. I thought this is just horrible. But when you get to find out that many of those Indians too, they're really misbehaving. They're attacking and killing themselves. Some resorted to cannibalism. They had strange practices that you kill your enemy, you eat his heart. Pumping better. Be honest, huh? The person never had completely, completely, they die, finish. You're cutting out the heart. The pumping heart. Boom, boom, boom. And eating it. Chewing it. So, have you read your Bible? Did you read that when people did wickedness that God will punish them? Or hand them over to another nation? And so, what we think, because of our funny way of thinking, is that God doesn't do things like that anymore. That was in the Bible time. That was for Israel. We don't know that that's happening for nations everywhere. Sodom and Gomorrah was not Israel. Why did God go to go and judge them? A year ago or two, we said some of these things beforehand. Look at Australia. Fire burnt and burnt and burnt and burnt and burnt. Then floods came and flooded and flooded and flooded. And then rats. I told you, do you remember? See rats. See rats. Some of you didn't see any of this. You've never seen so many rats in your life. And you'll be sitting here and say, putting a bone in your nose and saying in developed countries, develop what? How many rats have you seen gathered in one a meeting ever before? Have you ever seen 5,000 in one place? And on one person's farm, 10,000 all over the country. If you see the problems they had, but because nobody connects things, a prophet of God, Sadhu Selvaraj, had spoken that judgment was coming on Australia before then, that he saw angels. In fact, he said, he was told, the angels said they were the two angels that went to Sodom and Gomorrah and they were sent to Australia. And they went and walked through. And that the things they saw, family members sleeping with family members, fathers sleeping with daughters, so the whole house, all sorts of things were happening. All sorts. And they took a report and presented in heaven and said, these people. Now, I, I remember telling the church about it. And some of, many of you were not here, but some were. How many of you remember? A year later, and he said, judgments will be released. And then Australia started burning. 
Now, again, because of how you think, you, won't, you say, ah, it's so unfortunate. You know, there is because of, they say it hasn't rained. It hasn't. I remember looking at maps on, on the news and they showed all the places fires were burning at the same time. It was incredible. Are you the only one? Fire everywhere. Billions of animals died. Billions in B. There were times the sky was red, like deep orange. 3 p.m. in the afternoon, it would be night. The whole place was on fire. It looked, you, you hear them say apocalyptic views. Because our minds have been trained, have been weaned off the Bible, which it should never be. Because God's people do not understand how that our God is the same. They've been told all sorts of funny things. When Jesus came, God now said, well, you know what? I'll change my mind. I'll not be judging nations. I'll not. They are mixing up the full cup, the full cup of God's wrath. There's the full cup. There's, then there's half cup. There's small, small amounts. There's doses of punishment he releases at different times. If you don't believe these things, you can't understand. You'll be there actively saying things like, I don't like what this man is saying. You call yourself a man of God. You should be speaking out against all the atrocities carried out against the, 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 the Japanese during the dropping of the bomb, Hiroshima, Nagasaki. Now, those are two cities in Japan. I wasn't speaking in tongues. But if you combine them, you might speak in tongues. Hiroshima, Nagasaki. Nagasaki, <laughs> just go back and forth very fast. Bah, they will tell you, I love your tongues. It's Japanese. Before they dropped that bomb, I don't know if they call that guy Dr. Death. You've heard of Germany about the horrible experiments in the concentration camps, Mengele and all sorts of people. All sorts of things, wickedness, atrocities they said they carried out against people. I never knew that in Japan they were doing the same thing. Horrible things. Sorry, you won't understand. I say horrible, you know. Picture, they cut you and cut you. No anesthesia, they slice you open. Slice you open, then sew you both together to see the effect. Do you hear me? Sew you, sew with thread. The most horrendous things. See, you see, the more I know, the older I grow, the more I keep quiet. Everybody talking, talking. Eh, they, they, they. Eh, eh, but you, are you saying what happened there to that man is right? Do you know what that man has done? What, do, what? Who is that man? Tell me. Tell me what you know about that man you're talking about. Oh yeah, Flo. How? What? Do, now the truth is you don't know. I don't know either. That man may be an innocent man who is being killed for righteousness so that God will remove him from the way. How did he die? Pick your choice. How did he die? Give me anything. Pick, pick, anybody. How did the man die? Speak up. Eh? 
beheaded. Beheaded. Okay, so his man, I can give you a chance later, he was beheaded. How is death when you are beheaded? Extremely excruciating and painful. Eh? If they use it, an axe and remove your head, boom, you go, ow, 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 my head, my head, give me my head. Is that what happened? Who can guess what happens if they behead you? You are there and you are not. I can almost tell, I can, I saw you, it's probably painless. And injection is more painful than being beheaded. But you're there pitying him. Why are you going for doctor's injection tomorrow? <laughs> you suffer more than him. His own only head come out. He, he just had, he didn't hear anything. It was too fast. Is it a bullet? Boom. He just heard a sound. Boom. He, he doesn't even know what happened. You're pitying. Who are you pitying? Pity yourself. You're still alive. You think his corpse. Wait, you think if he's a Christian, you think his spirit is crying on the other side. <laughs> they kill me. Now he's paining me. No. <laughs> Somebody's is in heaven going <laughs> besides himself with joy. How did I get to talk about that? I didn't want to talk about that. But I'm just giving, you think you know anything? Because we don't read this book like students. You read it like you go in there to hunt for promises. Mm, mm, mm. Muka. <laughs> Leave all this. See, see, listen to me, sweet people of God. I say the more you understand. The Bible says wisdom. Understand? It makes a man's face to shine. You look at situation. Everybody's ah, look at that. Don't kill that like that, like a dog. You see that body there? That's not the person. That's the body. You are the one that is living like a dog. If that person is in heaven, they are pitying you. You can't be pitying someone that is in heaven. You are pitying them for what? Is it their sorrow, their hunger, or the sickness they are enduring? Now you be suffered. So think about yourself, Abel. Back to our beheaded fellow. So they are talking about, look at, look at, how could they do that to him? Maybe he's a righteous man like Isaiah 57 says, that the Lord said, bring my son home. So boom, they remove his head. Or maybe, secretly he's a murderer. And has killed many people. Has deprived many people. He may have been a cultist when he was in university and was a hitman. And has walked up to people, shot them dead and chopped them into small pieces and put in a bag. I'm sorry, these are things that have happened. Mm, sorry. And put a bag, cut, bah, cut, bah, like me. He may have done that to 18 people, but that was 20 years ago. Did he ever repent? No. But where is he working? In a bank. How did he get there? One of his higher court members in government gave him that job. He's a manager of a bank. He seems to be doing very well. Is he going to walk around saying, do you not have killed 18 people? Who will he ever tell? Only those that were there with him know what kind of person he is. And then they kidnapped him and dragged him off. Then they found his beheaded body and you start talking. Do you understand how you look in the spirit? 
You're talking, you're acting. So we know go agree. Hey, we know go agree. Beheading people, we know go agree. Beheading who? Look at the mercy of God. There is only beheaded, beheaded. He used to torture people. I am saying, in the spirit realm, if you were your angel, who knows all these things? And who knows? He saw, he saw the paper, he saw, angels don't know everything, they know, they don't know everything, not at all. But he saw when the scroll was released, when petition was made by darkness to reclaim what was his with a few others. He saw how the motion was moved. He saw how it was permitted. There was no voice to counter it. And the enemy picked what is his. And said, yes, today I feel like drinking flesh, uh, fresh blood. Bring me some of those, my, my namas. Bring me some of my meat. And I feel like, let me drink his own today. I am saying you, Oga, Christian hearted. As you're ranting, look at what's happening. And your angel saw. He knows. He saw this. He and the, the other angel of the other guy went like, hmm, now wow, this guy is wicked. What? Would you know it? What a wicked man. He is so evil. Huh? Today, do you know his cup is full? Yes, I heard that the Almighty. No one moved any case, and it was allowed that he's going. Hmm. Well, you know, like scriptures say, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man says, he rips. And this is what your angel is discussing. Then you, that the angel follows around, say, what a wicked, what, what, God, do you know God will punish? Can you imagine a family man with three children? Oh, oh. Can you imagine your angel? Don't look at your angel. What's happening with your person? <laughs> so he, he often has <laughs> emotional outbursts of the most ridiculous. Like your angel's permanent emoji is that hand on his face. <laughs> you know that emoji with the hand on his face like this? You don't know it? Oh, you don't have a smartphone. Okay. When you go look at your neighbors, <laughs> it's that guy. This man, you know, go embarrass me. You're always embarrassing me. Always off point. You're always off point. Do you know the wise thing to do is just, I've told you in this life, just keep quiet most of the time. You know, you'll be very safe. You just keep quiet. Uh, don't say anything. Why? You don't know anything. Huh? Better to keep your mouth shut and be taught a fool. And open it wide and remove all doubt. I didn't come up with that. Someone said it's far better. Just keep quiet. When the when the people around you are ranting, just go. Mm, mm. Then read something. Get occupied. Take a fake call. Hello, hello. Leave escape. Call someone you've been planning to call for the last two years. Call them that day. Briefly, I just wanted to hear your voice. It's okay. Once you leave there, it's okay. Well done. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen? 
He made a call. He didn't lie. He didn't tell them, sorry, I'm taking a call. He don't say anything. Just say hello, hello, hello. It's not what people do when they hope for hello. They're ranting. What are you ranting for? You don't know anything. Someone's cup will be full. Do you want to be the one to dispense the judgment? You want, do you want to be the one? You want your car to be the one that hits someone who is planning to go and murder a family of three this night. You want that car that hits a man and the body is on the road. You want it to be your car. The person that hits him, you not allow someone to do their job. In a big house, there are vessels unto honor and unto unto dishonor. So cool down. Now again, if you're, you know, probably, it's a sensible question, but you're probably also quite rebellious in heart. You'll be thinking, are you saying now? Are you saying now that everything we see, we will not? I am saying that it's not that you may not rant. Can you learn to inquire before you rant? Just take a moment to inquire first. Sorry. Everybody shout and say, one second. Oh, mighty Jesus, I come to you. Is your child permitted to rant in this one? Oh God, speak to me. Oh God, I'm serious. Oh, I'm serious. Oh God, speak to me. Speak to me. Speak to me. Oh God. Oh God, speak to me. Is this right? Is this fair? Is this justice? Or is there greater reason here? Silence. When there's silence, keep silent. When God says, Arise, my son, and raise your voice like a trumpet against evil, against robbery, against wickedness in your land. For there lies an innocent man. Bro, then come back. People, have you finished ranting? Hey, hey! Join. Join. But when you have not heard from the Almighty, I beg you, keep quiet. Why? As you're speaking, <laughs> as we are speaking the problem with speech is that by it you will be judged or condemned, do you understand? so when your mouth opens and does not the bible says ascribe righteousness unto the lord uh, so ascribe glory to the lord what happens when you ascribe glory to satan? What, what, do you think that's something you want to do? you don't want to do that Am I saying if you see someone hit someone on the road, it's a good thing, or the guy was driving so fast he hit him? Am I saying you shouldn't rush the person to the hospital? Am I saying you shouldn't assist? I didn't say any of that. Those are things I would do. Those are things I've done. When I'm in the face of trouble, I don't stand and say, are you sure you're not a wicked man? But I'm saying that you only know what you know. Do you hear me? And because someone is not going to agree, I'll have to give you one scripture. Luke chapter 13, verse 1 to 5. At that time, some of those present, give me BBA, give me the most simple translation you can find. Let it be very straightforward. Now, some people who were there at that time gave Jesus, is the hymn there, an account of how the blood of some Galileans, pause, who knows an example of a Galilean in the Bible. Sorry. Who is falling my hand? What is this silly blood? Huh? Hi. Oh, 
This is too bad. Luke 22 verse 59. Matthew 26 verse 69. With your writing on. Acts 2 verse 7. Alright, so we are looking first at uh, Luke 22 59. What does it say? And after about an hour, another man said with decision, certainly this man was with him, for he is a Galilean. Who is he talking about? This is Peter when he denied the Lord Jesus. As you can see in verse 60. A Galilean. So Peter was a Galilean. Eh? But you're just, let's be sure. Let's be sure. John 4 verse 45. I'll give you two. I could give you. I gave you some other. So when he came into Galilee, the Galileans took him to their hearts because of the things which they had seen him do in Jerusalem at the feast. They themselves having been there at the feast. Who is this? They took to heart. Another translation, please, in case you don't understand what it means. They welcomed him. Okay, they welcomed him. So Galileans are Jews. Do you agree? Ah, go back to live. Jews that Jews that live in Galilee, Apibomite, Negotian, Nigerian, Galilean. Now, some people who were there at that time gave him an account of how the blood of some Galilean synonym Jews from Galilee. Even Jesus was referred to as the Galilean. Thus your children's song. I love that. That's a fact. And you can find it <coughs> in Matthew 26, 69. You know, you were also with Jesus, the Galilean. They call Jesus the Galilean. Matthew 26, 69. Have I, have I proven the Galilean is a... Someone who worshipped the God of Israel. Some people gave him an account of how the blood of some Galileans. People from whose side? Oh, talk now. Whose side? Whose side? The man not from our side. Eh? Some people came to Jesus the Galilean and told him about some Galileans. Do you understand English? In the evening too? Good. Some people from who were aware that this Jesus is a Galilean from that Galilee side came and told him about high Pilate. Who is Pilate? Pilate is the governor who came in from another nation Rome conquered many lands all around, countries everywhere, including Judea. The official king of Judea at the time was Herod, which is a title, not a name, like Pharaoh. That's why there's Herod Agrippa. Is this where? Herod was the official king. However, the Romans were ruling everybody. 
They turned everywhere into a colony of Rome. The Western world, most of it, was under the rule of Rome, following the previous rule of Greece, following the previous rule of Persia, following the previous rule of Babylon. All of this is in the Bible and confirmed by history. So Rome was in charge. It had been prophesied. Say prophecy. Oh God. Prophecy is for seeing. You are to know so you can cooperate. Why God tells you in advance is so you cooperate. He said in the book of Daniel, chapter 7 especially, if you forgot to read chapter 4 and 5, you would see there where a king of the Babylonian empire said that God is the one who rules and he gives authority to whomever he wills and he sets over kingdoms the lowest, the lowliest, the basest, the meanest, the least likely of men. This is scripture. He puts them there. I'll do and finish because I really want questions. Holy Spirit, please. Now I'm finishing. Please. I have to beg, sorry. Because next thing, you start entering someone now, you go on to, I'll look at the time, it'll be two nine. Just past seven. A very godly time. He had prophesied. It was during the time of Babylon that all these prophecies were given. That after you, Babylon, there's coming pressure. After you, the Medes and Persians, after that, Greece is coming. They prophesied it into the future. Why do you think wise men, or where the wise men came from when Jesus was born? From the east, from that axis. They showed. Where's the king? They even believe that it's Daniel that calculated from calculated it when he talked about the prince. 70 weeks, sharp, all those things. That he calculated, calculated. Remember, Daniel was the head of the magic shanty. Don't be angry, don't be angry, it's in the Bible. <laughs> and the astrologers, eh? Astrology is evil. Astronomy is normal science. See that star there? The distance between it and that one is this. That one is called Pleiades. This one is Orion. This one, that's Sagittarius. If you look well, that's Leo. Now, if you use that to try and prognosticate, that's tell the future by guessing and tapping into demonic things. Like Nostradamus. Okay, that's the nice saga. All sorts of people. You will end up going into witchcraft, astrology. If you look at the horoscope, you heard it called horoscope, you still look. <laughs> the signs of the zodiac, you say, based on this, this will happen, this month, that will happen, da-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. You're going to go into witchcraft. You shouldn't do this. But the heavens do declare the handiwork of God, Psalm 19, for real. Oh, please go and listen to the old messages. Please, 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 please. There were meetings where we spent 30 minutes, one hour, two hours, talking about these kinds of things. Again, in my mind, I have exhausted that burden. But I keep remembering, there are new people. You won't understand many things I say if you don't understand these things. You want to understand, you'll be there being angry. If you're new online, you're following us, please, I beseech you. We are trying to work on old messages from times when we barely had good audio equipment. We are putting them out. Short clips here and there. You see 217, 218. Instead of recording things, you know, full messages are there too. 
Ask, shall be given. Pray for our people too, technical people, you know, let, so they can upload, upload, upload all that we can. But listen to them. When you want to listen, look at the, uh, the catalog, type in the keywords you want. I hope our catalog is online, whether it's perfect or not. The catalog should go online on the website. So you can go to the catalog and search by word. So you can know, okay, where's the, like now you just type in Magi, uh, Daniel, uh, astrologers, all that. Then you go to that message. Then you can ask, I'm looking for the message that was preached on 9th March 2017 or 18. Then you hear me elaborate more, okay? Everything I'm doing now is just snatches. It's less uh, comprehensive than when I originally spoke about them. Because the idea was the people were hearing these things mostly for the first time. But now that I have commented on it on and off over the years, I often feel there's no need to dwell and elaborate. But I know that feeling where you're hearing a preacher and you're wondering, why did he say that thing? That thing he says is not true. Why didn't he prove it? In my mind, I've already proven it. I've heard preachers talk and then they say, as we all know, so so and so, and the crowd says yes. And me, I'm like, no. I don't know that thing you're saying. I remember years ago, I, I would feel bad. I wish that's what, maybe why I always say, if you have questions, ask. Because I remember all the questions I had. All the questions I had. No, not once did I have a chance to <laughs> have my questions answered. You know, they just impose it on you and walk away. It's also why I'm amused sometimes. I know people ask questions and make us stay long, but still, I still wonder why you guys don't ask more questions. You act as though you always have the chance, but you will not always have the chance. Some of it you have to learn by yourself. So you should ask why you have the chance. As opposed to keeping, I've heard people keep things in their hearts and say, I didn't agree, so I just thought there's no need. You realize how proud that is? It doesn't sound proud, it is proud. There's a difference. And when you're prideful like that, you will not go far. Why? Because you won't learn much. So you won't rise high spiritually in knowledge as you should. Stay humble, you learn so much. And don't act like I don't want to ask, so it won't seem as if I didn't know. What do you mean? Ask, ask, ask. Ask it shall be given. When you don't ask, what do you want to be given? Nothing. Daniel was in charge of these guys, and it's believed that Daniel had calculated and kept, and they had those records still. And so they came out traveling when they saw the sign in the heavens. Oh, when this star is next to this, when Draco, the dragon, stands next to the virgin, Virgo, and is about to, and she's about to give birth, you know, as Jupiter also descends out from her womb, he stands ready to swallow. Know that he that is born king of the Jews has come. And the people saw the stars. They used to study. Off they headed. They carried gifts. A king. The ultimate king of the Jews. Prophesied by our forebear. That Magi. The ancient one known as Belteshazzar. Has come. And they came with gifts. They didn't come with a piece of gold. They came with gold. You don't count. You don't say they came with a money. They came with money. They came with gold. Okay. We don't know how much. But they bring it for a king. So it was not three coins. Are you hearing me? It was enough for his parents to travel to Egypt with it. The night after they left, they traveled. The night the wise men landed, Joseph was woken up. Take this woman, told in a dream. Take this woman, take the child, head out to Egypt. They had gotten their transport money. They were gifts for a king. 
So gold was the amount of gold you give a king. Mare, perfume, was used by royalty. Frankincense was incense born by royalty or the priesthood. All of the, these were costly things, substances which a small amount would cost much. They were given all of that. They were not three wise men. Nowhere told you they were three. They just gave three kinds of gifts. Receive sense in Jesus' name. They may have been 50. They may have been 100. They may have been 80. They may have been 10. They may have been 25. You have no reason for a second to think that it's three wise men. When people are drawing birthday cards or Christmas cards, there's not space to draw 50 people. It's easier to draw three. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? It's easier to draw three. And when you're acting the nativity drama, it's easier to say, we bring, what's the song? So when they tell uh, uh, Aaron to act as the one that brought gold, and he wears that funny thing. And then the next one brings silver. And then the next one brings frankincense. It's very easy. The drama is over. If you bring 20 people there, how would the drama be? What would the other ones bring? I bring you gold. I bring you gold. I bring, the drama will not be sweet. You understand? And people will be complaining and looking at the time. So, it ha- so three is okay, okay? Do you understand? <laughs> but as per, the Bible said the three wise men were. It's not here. It's not in this. Anywhere. In, and you have no reason to think three people traveled alone. They didn't used to travel like that. They're big boys. They didn't travel like that. They, but bandits will finish you. You think bandits were born in Nigeria? <laughs> bandits will finish you. So they travel with a caravan usually. All right, so they saw the sign and they traveled and they arrived. That sign came up after he was born. That sign came up. They did not come on the night Jesus was born. Jesus had been dedicated like any male child 33 days in the temple in Jerusalem. Simeon and Anna had blessed him. Prayer had been made for him. Jesus was no more a Bethros. He wasn't a small infant. He was a child, the Bible says. They were not in a manger, uh, in a stable. They were in a house. Census had finished. Are you hear me? They did not appear in that manger with any gift. There was no wise man in that place. They were only shepherds that were watching their flock at night. Who came? The angels told them, come. Wise men arrived three months to two years after Jesus was born. Not less than three months, not more than two years. When Herod found out the time, he said, find every male child from two down. Kill them. Are you hearing me? Uh, Mary did not live with fresh wounds to Egypt. Thank God. How many of you feel grateful to God? Back to where we were. The kingdoms of this world had been prophesied long by God. Prophecy had said. So I'm telling you this so you can understand what Jesus' reaction. If you don't understand prophecy, you won't understand God. The law is prophecy. He said the law and the prophets prophesied until John. The law is prophecy is it's it's you call it a shadow of 
things to come. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will tell you things to come. It's prophecy. So when people come and take away the law from you, they've taken away prophecy. You are blind and feeling in the dark. But you were told by Peter in 2 Peter 1, you would do well to take heed of them as a light that shines in a dim place until the day that dawns in our heart. So there's a time, a season for everything. And the Lord will bring this counsel, bring this wisdom, bring this knowledge, bring this enlightenment to us. And people would have the audacity to just scrap, scrap your direction, break your lamp, break the bulbs. Do you know how unfortunate you are to stumble around in darkness? The Bible tells you why in John chapter 3. It's because their deeds are evil. They love the darkness more than light because their deeds are evil. When I hear people preach rubbish of the kind most people preach, there's those who are making a mistake, then many, they are evil. They live in sin. They are actively wicked. It's not that Pastor Ita said this one. This one said, Mm-mm. if you go and know their personal life, they sin habitually. Wait, one day you believe. You know, the other day we just prayed again. Say, God, expose, expose. I stumbled across a piece of this. Any of you saw it? Some former Cherubian Celestial Church, not Cherubian Celestial Church or something, guy that was caught. They beat him to death or something. He was a kidnapper. Anyone saw it? There was a video of him sitting on the ground with other groups. What a kidnapper. A kidnapper. And they showed him also in their uniform. Now the church group, they said, came out. Okay, I don't know. The comments someone made is that. The guy said, the church group and said, this guy has not been a member of any pastors in council in the last six years. I don't know what they meant by that. So was he before? And then they said that they have got a prophetic word and say if he doesn't repent, that he will soon meet his Waterloo. But that he was a kidnapper, active, a, either a leader of a gang of kidnappers. And they caught them. And they showed the video. You could see him very well. It was a video, not a picture. And they showed a picture, other video of him, other times. He's the same man. Now, except someone set him up and lied against him, which I doubt from what we see. So you are either a pastor, a former pastor, and you're a kidnapper. But that one is even as bad. Maybe he kidnaps them and frees them after getting money. What about the other one that beheaded? You heard that one? That a young lady entered their church at night in Abuja. And then a keke man carried and went, passed him, passed, you know, picked him. And he had things in the bag and he said it's trash. And when they got to the bridge, he threw them over the edge of the bridge and passed. Unfortunately for him, the next day the Keke man came and passed that bridge and saw a crowd. And they went down and saw, and they saw black bags and saw a headless body chopped into pieces or something. And the man had noticed fresh blood, some drops on his Keke after he dropped that man the day before. So he understood. Now there's no need, it was not to say, is it true or not? He knew where he picked him, so he went back. They tracked. It turns out that the father and son, they are pastors, father, bishop, or G.O., son, waiting, call. 
And both of them, the last we heard, were accusing each other. Now, I heard this weeks ago. I don't know what has happened. They're accusing each other. The father said, no, he's the son. No, he's not me. This one. Like, so there's no question. They murdered a human being, beheaded it, and it's a church. Church. Sorry. So picture someone comes and says, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Sister, brother, the Lord is visiting you. And he has the heart to chop off your head and chop you up. You think that's their first time? Okay, maybe it's their first time. How do you have the heart? And they said that girl came that evening for weather counseling. Like maybe they told her, no, come, come around this time. But they brought her to behead her. There's no way that girl said, okay, I came for my beheading. It's not possible. <laughs> church. Church. People gather. People go there. And then maybe you come, you say, power! And power moves. And it was gotten from human blood. So I always pity Nigerians and Africans. You like power. You like seeing power with drama. With drama. You like drama. Drama. If it's not dramatic, you're not impressed. You don't even, why should we follow him? Not even dramatic. Ah, well, church, every time they want to teach, teach, teach. Bible, 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 Bible. I mean, we want to see raw anointing. Raw. <laughs> Have you learned to pronounce raw? Raw. Raw, raw power. How is the cooked one? Have you seen boiled power before? <laughs> fried power. Yeah, I've seen fried power. Yeah, I like baked power. Ow! Raw power. Be careful because there are other raw things you don't like. Mm, you don't know how that raw power came. Might be from raw people. You don't care. You want to see. You want to be impressed. You want to be impressed. You want to be impressed. You think you can just kill a human being and have power. No, guy. It means you consulted with deep darkness. Witchcraft. With deep darkness. They don't like light because their deeds are evil, Joe. That's why they don't like the light of prophecy. When you see people bash prophecy, oppose prophecy, oppose revelation, oppose the truth. But when you see people follow quack, like I said last Friday, false, like you don't test it. Your main prophecy is to be tested too. Everything is to be tested. There are things that will not come to pass. Like Daniel prophesied about that king of Jews. It didn't come to pass for hundreds of years. It did not come to pass. So how could you prove during Daniel's time whether it was true? You could not. But those who lived later could prove it based on the calculation. This is the time the prince is to be born and before he will be cut off. So this is the time we expect him. If those guys from the east who were probably not Jews were able to calculate and arrive, then why should the people in Judea not have calculated and arrived? It said only their sins 
got the calculation that this is around the time that Messiah is to be born. 100 years before, they had gotten prophecies and said the Messiah is coming at the end of two jubilees, which is 50-50 years. So they expected him. But the Pharisees, when he came and he didn't match their expectation, it's even said they expected the Messiah based on the calculations. After Jesus was born and didn't flow how they wanted, they changed all their calculations. Do you hear me? It said they changed their calculations. They are like, uh-uh, according to prediction, Jesus ought to have been born. About, uh, okay, uh, I guess he didn't come. Then they recalculated. Didn't they hear Jesus say he's the Messiah? They couldn't accept it. It does not fit. They said when the Messiah comes, nobody will know where he comes from. This man, we know where he's from. Out of Nazareth, does any good thing come? What they meant, they didn't mean they are, all the people in Nazareth are bad. Have you heard this? Have you heard out, no, no good thing comes out of Nazareth? Do you know what it means? Just say no, so I'll tell you. Now, those that have been here know it, but newer people, you don't know it. It's not that no good thing can come out of Nazareth. It is that in the prophecies of scripture, Nazareth is not amongst the nations, the places where a prophecy was given that something good is coming. Something special. Do you understand? But Bethlehem, Ephrata, it was prophesied. That out of you will come him who rule the nations. Are you hearing? So if, and where was Jesus born? But if Jesus wanted, he would have gone around asking, have you seen my birth certificate? But he wouldn't tell them. They presumed he was born in Nazareth. They presumed he was born in Nazareth and there was a Galilean. They never knew that this man they are looking at was born in Bethlehem. Why? Because the people were living elsewhere. Then God compelled a government leader, a Caesar, an imposter, or was he? Compelled him to compel them to each go back to where they were born, to their native land, to be registered there. Why couldn't they be registered where they are? If your government told all of you go back to your village now for census, how would you react? Eh? You say God to punish the government by all means. Can you imagine if Joseph and Mary were not law-abiding citizens? Pay attention to me. So you don't lose the understanding I'm bringing you. Can you imagine if Joseph and Mary did not obey the law and said, nonsense romance. They won't go back to their land. Is this room? You left your land to come to our land and you didn't even come to our land and keep quiet. You came and oppressed us. I should start walking. See my wife, nine months. Nine months. She's going to put to bed. I should travel with her. Is it train of life they were using? Many of you is your donkey because the white people who draw pictures cannot picture a pregnant woman of nine months walking. It's too horrendous. God will not allow it. Let me tell you from those who have lived and know history better. Donkeys were precious enough. Every, see, this is why I like scripture. When you're sincere, God will teach you. He taught me. Donkeys were so precious that a certain man called Shimei abused a certain king called David. Know the story? When he thought his son had deposed him from power and threw sand and stones. And David came back alive. And that man begged for forgiveness. And David told his son, he told him, I won't put you to the sword. You know, nobody will die today. So his man said, let's kill this one. I said, no. Is it today I'm returning to my kingdom? You'll be shedding blood. But he told his son Solomon, 
just as Jesus has prophesied that the day of vengeance is in his heart, is coming. Not because David was vindictive, but David was a picture of the lamb and the lion. The day of vengeance was coming, but it was not the day because there's a time, a proper time and procedure for every matter. And he told him, you're a wise man. God will lead you as to what to do. And they told Shimei, Solomon the king, do not leave this land and cross the brook. The day you cross this brook, you will die. Are you hearing me? I need to confirm. His name was Shimei. Sorry. First Kings chapter 2. I'm going to show you two or three things. One is verse 40. So he lost his slaves. They ran after verse 40. It says, At this he saddled. Did I say two? I should show you more than that. What did he, what did he saddle? Did he say his donkey? His donkey. What does that tell you immediately? They had how many donkeys? Oh, use your head. It's very easy. How many donkeys do you think she may have? When they tell you someone saddled his donkey, it means he has one donkey. Do you agree? Good. Now, look at verse uh, Numbers, Numbers, chapter 22, verse 21 and 2, but just, what does it say? In the morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey. What does that say to you? Now, 22 verse 30. Look at that. Read. But the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not the donkey you have ridden all your life until today? Pause. Who wants to explain? They used to change donkey like like slippers. Do you acknowledge that a donkey was a big deal? Huh? It was a donkey. That he had ridden all his life. Jesus had to borrow a donkey. To ride into Jerusalem. Can I say to you that donkeys are not common things? No, they are not common. Neither are they cheap. They are not easily available. It was a very big deal. And Joseph and Mary were poor. How do we know? Who wants to remind me? I taught you. When they dedicated Jesus, I won't open for you again. Time has gone. I said I won't take questions. When, go and do your research. Ask. They will show you. When they dedicated Jesus, they brought two turtle doves. In the law, it was said that they should bring a lamb. Or if you are poor, bring Two turtle doves. Are you hearing me? And when they dedicated Jesus, they brought two turtle doves. Do I need to tell you they were poor? No, they were poor. Mary likely, almost certainly, did not go to Jerusalem. You know, with money, money talks. Who knows money talks? You don't give birth to a child in an animal pen. 
when you have money. Are you hearing me? You don't give birth to a baby in an animal pen when you have money. Money can do anything. You can just buy out someone from their room. Say, please, my wife is heavy. Please, please, my wife is heavy. No, don't worry. I'll reward you handsomely. That did not happen. You don't understand Jesus was born in an animal pen. Who has entered a goat's house before? Jesus was born in an animal pen. That's where a baby was born. It was bad. Thank God it was not, it was not winter, sir. But it was bad. We put you back there. It wasn't winter. The shepherds were outside with their flock. They were not mad. Sheep and shepherd. They were outside the flock. You are wondering what to do with Christmas cards. Don't buy them. The whole Christmas cards confuse you. Everything on it is a lie. All right, back to what I'm saying. Things were tough. The Lord Jesus could have proven. No, God will not prove things to people who want to be unbelievers. You actively want not to believe. You will have evidence to support your unbelief. So people will be sending you videos supporting your unbelief. But if you want to believe, you're like, God, please. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. He will help you. But your attitude is not true. Okay. God doesn't see that and say, Gabriel, Michael, he doesn't believe me. I'll not be God again. Believe, don't believe. One day you will see him. You will believe. God is very patient. He can wait. So fast forwarding, the kingdoms were prophesied. Jesus knows that it is his father's will as had been revealed through a seven cycle period to a mad animal king called Nebuchadnezzar that the heavens rule he knew that's something Christians don't want to know at all you don't know heavens rule you're not interested in knowing the heavens rule you don't know anything about the heavens ruling you want to have opinions 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 the problem with opinions is that they are human and human opinions are fickle now, if it's before you knew that God has opinions, or rather, the truth about the issue, God could overlook your days of ignorance. But all of you who hear this, and you choose to go on holding to your opinions against God's word, you give account for all you've been given. For to whom much is given, much is expected. You are not allowed to think carelessly. You heard that this man is a very wicked man. They are beating him. You say he's an idiot man. They say he's the one that raped three girls there. The youngest was two years old. That's the story. And then someone comes from behind and says, It's not him. It's not him. It's not him. Say, shut up. Are you one of them? I say, it's not him. This man came. You've known me. I've lived in this compound. These three years. You always tell me that I'm a very honest person. I'm telling you. This man came yesterday. Is the landlord's son that did that thing. Is the landlord's son. I'm telling you. This man. This man is not even you. I saw him in the park yesterday. I happened to be in the same bus. It's not him. He cannot have been. He told me this is his first time in New York. How can you say that it's him that raped the three people? I say it's the landlord's son. I heard him run into the room last night and he was whispering and his father said, go inside, go inside. Now they are looking for someone to set up. 
Now, after you have heard that and you go and still say, beat him, you're finished. The way God will punish you is not of this earth. Because you know the truth now, but you still say, nonsense, man. You still run opinions. How can you say anything when you know he's innocent? How dare you? With the same measure you measure, it will be measured to you. Don't you know? Jesus said it in what you call the New Testament. Jesus said it. When you are ignorant, you can talk all the nonsense you like. When you understand, you cannot talk nonsense after you know. If you like, here, Pastor Ita, in brackets, prophesying that in the future you give account. How are you going to say anything? Every careless word you speak. You must be afraid. You're supposed to fear. You can't be careless after you know. After you have known, before you knew, you were just a human being. After it's been explained as well as it has in this house, uh, sorry, sorry for you. I'm very sorry for you. Because God will ask you, but you understood. It was told you in great detail. Now, listen, if you have a question, keep it and get ready to ask it. Why would you gang up against an innocent man? And, and that's what everybody is saying and doing. If I don't join and say and do, it will now appear as though you now lose popularity. Get ready to be unpopular where it matters soon. When the heavenly host deny you, you will explain why you deny the truth. So Jesus was a Galilean. And they had killed Galileans. A government that has been brought in. But at the permission of God. This Israel. They were evil. They were disobedient. They were the only nation God said he knew amongst the nations of the earth. And they disregarded God constantly. You want to know what they practiced? Look at the words of Jesus. Look at John the Baptist. He's shouting repent and be baptized. Turn from your sins. Repent. Was he telling them to repent from nothing? They were not okay. They had synagogues everywhere. But they were messed up. They were unrighteous. They were wicked. Look at Paul. Listen to Paul's story about them. Read the book of Romans and listen to his commentary on the Jews in Romans chapter 2 and chapter 3. Go and read it if you want to know how the Jews were. Paul should know. He was one of them. He was from their strictest sect, the Pharisees. Go and hear his opinion. You should take Paul seriously. He knew what he was talking about. Fast forward. Jesus standing on the earth. Hundreds of years after it was prophesied through Daniel. That there would be a kingdom that would rule the earth. Like the other kingdoms. Remember Babylon? God said submit to Babylon. Greece? God said they are going to rule. Medopesha? Before that, they are going to be. Why do you think Daniel served in that government? Without walking around making noise. Why do you think Nehemiah served in it? And Mordecai and Esther and all sorts of people. Why do you think that government sponsored the rebuilding of Jerusalem in the time of Cyrus? Why do you think kings came out and mandated it and supported and said, the God of heaven has commanded me to build him a temple. Why would a heathen king, Cyrus, why would he make such a proclamation? How God spoke to you. You don't worship my God. Oh, because... Cyrus had been prophesied by name through Isaiah hundreds of years before. 
my servant Cyrus, whose right hand I raised. Prophecy. Say prophecy. Say the prophecy of scriptures. Don't joke with the prophecy of scriptures. There's an attack on the prophecy of scriptures. The words that you read in the Bible that even seem like they are speaking historically is a prophecy. The whole scripture is prophesying. The stories you read are prophesying of something. The illustrations, those stories you read about people's lives, Balaam and his donkey, everything, Jezebel and Ahabo, the stories, the seven daughters of Zipporah, Aaron and his sons, name it, the illustrations, the events, all of them are prophesying. The events, Gideon and his army of 300, all are prophecies. The temple is a prophecy. The whole scripture is prophesying. It's telling you things to come with stories, with constructs, with buildings, with timings, with people, with all of it is prophesying. When you begin to see the amazing accuracy of the scripture as a book of prophecy, you don't want anyone touching a single piece of it. Those who lack understanding. Instead of saying, I don't understand this because the Lord has not deemed it fit to give me understanding or I have not inquired of him sufficiently, but I will go with what I understand. They come out and say, this part is useless. This part doesn't apply to us. This part means nothing. I told you about Panin, Professor Panin of Russia, who was a lecturer in Harvard, who is said to have taught What's his name? Albert Einstein. Math. A math professor. And the man showed that using numerics, that is taking the letters of the Hebrew language and Aramaic, others, and converting it to numbers, because they are numbers, just like the Roman numerals. This I, you say I, 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 is what? Three. That's how that language is. And he pointed out that the whole scripture, Old Testament and New, spending 12 to 18 hours every day, tracking it, that the Bible is full of numbers. It can be 13 sevens in one place. It can be 3333 in five places. It can repeatedly, the whole book can be converted to what he called numerics, numbers. And he pointed out that there's no, when the Bible, you say Bible, is 66 books. There is no single, even one sentence, even two sentences, three. Your chances of succeeding, of getting even just seven words that, uh, words that amount to correct numerics, that's interspace, seven, 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 seven. With any other book on earth, is one in a quintillion. That is after million, then billion, then trillion, then quadrillion, then quintillion or I think it was a sextillion that's your chance of putting together one sentence that can be broken down into numbers cycles of numbers but the bible is full the whole bible now number 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 so how which mind came up with these books that it was able to speak in words and numbers too how where did that mind come from? And it matches across books, even. 
when different people wrote the books, how is it possible? It's impossible, simply. The books of scripture are impossible. But you read it and it makes sense. It's a story. But at the same time, it is numbers in a unif- in uniform patterns all over the scriptures. Remember the words are numbers, the letters. It's a supernatural document, super supernatural. It's very supernatural. It's, it's, I repeat, it's impossible. You try, people have tried. Let me convert this, write a sentence at the same time, make it numbers. And they succeed once. A sentence. To succeed to bring out a number of, I can't remember how many, 24 or something. You succeed once in a sextillion. Not a book, not a letter, not a whole page. Just one or two sentences. You can't do it. You can't succeed. But the Bible is full, like all the Bible. How? Because it's not a human being that gave utterance for this thing. So if you're in that place, you still wonder, is this Bible real? Is the Bible really real? Keep thinking. If it's not real, recreate it. You can only repeat it. You can only copy it. But you can't create what it has done. It's an impossible book. That's, the man became a Christian, former atheist, Russia. Yes, he just went, you know what? <laughs> human beings, a human being could have done this. Nobody. And then to do it and it will match. So Genesis will fit with something in the book of Jeremiah. How? Did they sit down and plan it together? How could it cross match so thoroughly? Because it's not, it's the spirit of God that gave it back. So when anyone comes out and starts saying funny things like, uh, this book, uh, you know, the human beings that wrote it didn't know what they're doing. They have no idea of what they are saying. Those human beings that didn't know what they are doing somehow brought out impossible mathematical combinations. They didn't know what they are doing. Ordinary human beings cannot do this. So it means it's the spirit of God. It means you better pay attention to what it says. God proves himself in endless ways. The invisible things of God are known by the things which are seen. So when you see impossible things, acknowledge that there's a hand. The Bible says they welcomed Jesus because they had seen what happened during the feast. They had seen Luke 13, the Lord Jesus the Galilean was told that the blood of some Galileans had been mixed by Pilate with their offerings. In other words, Pilate had killed them. It's not that he took some of their blood, like a blood donor, and mixed in a, 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 a petri dish. No, he killed them as they were giving offerings. They were giving offerings in the temple. They were giving offerings and the animals were sacrificed and the blood of their animal offering was pouring and he he did not have respect for the church of God and entered and killed them inside the church of God. Someone has to confirm to me because it just came to mind and I think it came once before. I spoke about this thing, it's not long, some months ago. How many of you remember? Find the gap between my preaching it when and the war massacre, I need to find out something. 
Because it's either just shortly before I said it or after that people enter and slaughter people in a church. They mixed it with their offerings. Pilate. Now let's look at the reaction of Jesus. What we would expect from any normal person. Verse 2. And he in answer said to them, Are you of the opinion that these Galileans were worse than all the other Galileans because these things were done to them? I say to you, it is not so. But if your hearts are not changed, you will all come to the same end. Does that sound compassionate? They tell you that an impostor government came and killed your people and your reaction is that if you don't repent, you, you people, who is he talking to? Don't answer wrongly. Who is Jesus speaking to? Why are you saying they are Galileans? When did the Bible tell you that it's Galileans that told him anything? He said there were some standing there that told him. Who is he speaking to? Which Jews? Don't be a coward now. The ones who reported it. Or is he speaking to another crowd? He's speaking to the ones who brought the news of the massacre. He's speaking to them. He just finished. His reaction to their story was that if you're not careful, if you don't repent, you too will die the same way. Did you hear me? Did I write it? Why are you looking at me like this? In that tone of voice. Don't look at me like that. I didn't write the Bible. Go and slap Jesus. This happened. And it's written. For those who don't know. And I'm going to wrap it up. For those who don't know. The Lord Jesus. Was prophesying. He went on to talk about another disaster that occurred. Or those 18 men who were crushed by the fall of the tower of Siloam, were they worse than all the other men living in Jerusalem? Do you think it's because the people were more evil that they were they killed? Then he added, if he stopped there, he added, if you don't repent, you too, the same thing will happen. What will happen? We'll be in the temple, they'll slaughter us in the temple. Church people will be slaughtered. Yes, that's what he just said. Then he pointed out the men at the wall of Siloam. If, do you think they were worse than you too? And he added, I say to you, it is not so. But if your hearts are not changed, if you don't repent, you will all come to an end in the same way. He said it twice. So you don't say, uh, did we hear him well? You heard him very well. They came to bring reports. He threatened them. They brought report that, <laughs> do you hear what happened? Do you hear what did? Not, did you see make any comment on the Roman government? He didn't say Jack. I, you came to give me a report. I said, if you're not careful, you. Now, so you go die too. What kind of thing is that? And I'm, is your countryman I'm speaking about? Answer. Not long after this, because Jesus did not preach for more than three and something years, and he left the scene. Less than a generation of 40 years later, about so, Rome attacked Jerusalem, and many people ran into the temple. For safety. They slaughtered them inside there. They said blood flowed out of the place. Like a river. Down the stairs. Of the magnificent temple of Solomon. Then after that. They pulled down the whole temple. And not one stone was left on another. 
Jesus had been prophesying. Jesus was telling them their future. About 40 years later, it came to pass. Literally. They slaughtered them the same way because they did not repent. Those who repented were not slaughtered. They had fled to the mountains when they saw room surround the city of Jerusalem. Jesus has said, when you see armies surround Jerusalem, flee to the mountains. Those who remember what he said had fled. When the Roman army turned and seemed to leave and they kept the gates open, the Christians got together and fled to the mountains, remembering what their Lord had said. The rest of the Jews ran after the Romans. Yay! You have run away. They had been under siege for a long time. They were happy. They thought the Romans were gone. The Romans went. They had gotten commands to withdraw. Then they were sent back. They came back and slaughtered them horribly and dragged off the rest as slaves and sold them all over. And the prophecy of Jerusalem being destroyed was fulfilled. And that's what motivated Jesus. That's what drove his heart. That's what made him passionate. He wasn't just speaking about the whole earth and his return. He was prophesying to a generation of people that were alive and seeing him. When Peter said in Acts chapter 3 or Acts chapter 2 that they should repent and be baptized. That they should save themselves from that generation. When they said that, he was warning them. Let me see how he says it here. Normally says, King James will say, untoward generation. That they should save themselves from this untoward generation. They say, what shall we do? In NIV calls them, save yourself, verse 40, Acts 2.40. He says, save yourself from this corrupt Verse 40, let me read from the beginning. With many other words, he testified and he urged them. NIV says, pleaded with them. Be saved from this corrupt generation. Those who heard this message in Acts 2 and repented, saved themselves, not spiritually only. They saved themselves physically. Because these people were not in that city when it was destroyed 30 something years later. Are you hearing me? I'm speaking from the Bible and history. It actually happened. Jesus had warned them. Those who did not receive the words of God and accept it, judgment came on them. Those who received it and went on to live a spiritual life, when the day of the physical judgment came, they also escaped it. Many people don't understand. You and I are living in end times and great Fear and fearful things will happen in this earth, even where we are. It's happening right now in other places. It's not happening here in this southern Nigeria almost at all. Little is happening. Almost nothing is happening. But days will come of great shaking and fear and terror. And your spiritual life will decide most of what will happen to you then. Then you will know the difference between those who serve God and those who don't. You know the difference between those who have inside information and those who know nothing. And I, like I've told you for years, you'll find out the difference between having an academically outstanding status and having the phone line of the maker of heaven and earth. You will know. 
You are not the first generation. Go and ask Lot. It's not his work that saved him. He had barely nothing by the time things had happened. Of course, he left the place penniless. He had no business being there, but he was. But he had a relative who had God's number. He was able to have insider information. They came and picked him. Come, come. Anyone in this city you want to save, pick them. Let's leave this place. For God has marked it for destruction. The two people who were betrothed or married, depending on how many daughters they have, we don't know. Either betrothed or married to two other daughters. He told them, young men, stupid young men, foolish young men. There are still many foolish people. Today. He's came to come, two of you. God is going to destroy this city with fire. He's going to destroy them. So come, come, come. Me and my family, we are leaving. We are leaving. Come. The Bible says they laughed him to scorn. <laughs> Is it like say this is our father in law? Don't they call him? Is he old age? When do you take your meds last? I suspect when the first ball of fire fell from the sky, they were not smiling. Ah! Raymond! 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 Is fire on your side? The man was right. Let's go. Let's go. I suspect their charred skeletons did not get out of the city. I don't think anyone escaped. Who has seen Sodom and Gomorrah before? I've seen it, the video. Online. It's still there. People go to one wrong place and say it's Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't know what's wrong with them. The place Sodom and Gomorrah is, I saw a video on YouTube. Someone saw it. The balls of sulfur are still there. They sulfur everywhere. Yellow balls of sulfur. Then you can see the edge of a city. Doesn't exist anymore. Can see like a wall. Have burnt. The whole place is barren. I mean the guy lit a match. The thing even burnt him. Sulfur gets so hot that it, it. So in the small experiment, he mistakenly did. The fire turned to his hand. Boom, was burning on his hand. And, and he was like that. Real video. Not, recent video. Not old. This is not some ancient thing. The place is, is blanketed. And it's a symbol. It's a place that if I could afford it, I'll take all of you. We'll go there. So you see the future. And these things will happen again. And when God was warning, they wouldn't listen. They're wiser than their big head. So they got the result of not listening. For those who don't understand, I'm not saying you should follow Jesus for future protection. That's not why I follow Jesus. I follow Jesus because he deserves to be followed. He's the king. He made everything. Why should, who should you follow? But I'm saying that one of the benefits of following Jesus, except he says, lay down your life for me as a righteous person. One of the great benefits is that sometimes in his decision-making process, he says, I'm going to do something in this place. I need to save some of mine or all. And uh, you guys, when you see this, move. I've told you the story of Armenia. Demos Sakarian's great, 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 great grandparents. And in some year, they told them in 18 something, a young boy who was illiterate said he saw a vision. He was illiterate. So he used a pencil with a shaky hand and drew what he saw and wrote what he saw. He was a young boy whether nine years old, they call him the boy prophet. He drew it. 
and he had an angelic encounter, a heavenly encounter, and said, we are to leave this land of Armenia. Armenia is next to Turkey. You've heard stories of Turkey. Armenia is next to Turkey. And you've heard how it's, it's as Islamized. Islamized. I'm a Christian, sorry. Islamized. Islamicized. Okay. Islamized. The Armenia, that Nigeria, if you are not careful, you become like. And I've told you how they became, how they became. God said, I've shown you from Ephesians 2, how God said, if they don't restore their first love, that you take away their light. That's the area. That was Jesus. No, nobody will talk about it. You'll be busy t- talking. You think God fights how we fight with placards. Listen, it might be okay to carry a placard, but there's a job for everyone. I keep telling you. People, you don't know your job. When, listen to me. If you are to wash the car, wash the car. If you are to cook in the kitchen, cook in the kitchen. If you are to be an intercessor, Amongst the Christian body on heading up what towards Zion, intercede. You dare not be carrying a placard. May your head have sense, or you re- one day you remember that your this pastor did not preach what everyone preached, but you can't disprove what I'm saying. At least not with the Bible. You just go with public just opinions or this empty light weight. You better find depth. Because there are those who have the job, like I said, of their car being what, who hits the murderer. I've told God many times, please, don't, no such job for me, please. Please, please. You know, everybody has a job. Let's do our own. Let them do their own. Everybody has a job to do. Let them do it. Soldiers are doing their job. Let them do it. Me, I'm a spiritual soldier. I'm doing mine. Everybody, face your side. Vessels unto honor and dishonor in a great house. If any man purges himself of these things, shall be a vessel unto honor. So I purge yourself of nonsense. Amongst the things he says you should purge yourself of in that second Timothy 2 is what? Empty talk. Oh, wives' fables. In case you didn't know. You thought he said, oh, purge yourself of great abomination of homosexuality. No. Be reading your Bible. Because you just jump to that verse. You won't read above and below. Who was he talking to? Why was he telling Timothy? Was he talking to people in the street? No, he was speaking to a leader, a son. His primary spiritual son. He said, I have no man like him. So shouldn't I tell you? You want to be local? Be local. But I would advise you to be Zion-minded. Leave, let those who will contend with earthly matters endlessly, let them contend with it. Make sure you know what God has called you to do and focus on doing it. And stop trying to be acceptable. And after today, whoever you are, you know, God has answered you. See if you have an excuse again. What excuse? You have not allowed me to teach Second Corinthians 11 again. Now you know yourself. Wait. What was I saying? Armenia. The boy said, when God tells us he will come to us again, we must leave this land and go to another land for great distress. Summary, I, don't, I can't remember the prophecy. It's online somewhere. They are made, 
Have you heard of the Armenian genocide? It said that they may have killed up to 2 million people. They were using metal and puncturing their eyes. Children, youth, the most horrific things. They, even the ones they say leave the land. In the desert, they open fire on them. Bones are sticking out. I saw a video of someone walking through that desert. You just read, see bones everywhere. Human bones. They slaughtered them. Is it horrific? Yes. Should anyone do that to someone? No. Did they do it? Yes. Could it have been avoided? That boy told them, God said we should leave this land. Some people laughed. Scorn. He said he would tell us again. That boy from whether age 9 grew up to age 50 something or 60 something. The message did not come. By now he was an old man. Then the message came again. They had seen from his drawing that it was the map of America. So when he come, we had to go to this place. A second message came and he said, the time has come. Human beings that have lived there all their life, packed their bags, packed their things and abandoned their houses and traveled. They traveled to America. They left Europe. They left their land close to the Middle East. Middle East area Close by, because Turkey seems almost in between, but Middle East, you could say. They traveled. Like permanently. This is not a trip. This is not, we are going to visit and come back. They are abandoning the land of their fathers. Based on a prophecy of a so-called nine-year-old boy that went on to live. Some people died waiting for the prophecy. He was an old man. But those who believed traveled. And they left in their horses, in their thing, their buggies, all that, their caravan. They traveled. Kim Kardashian is a great, great grandchild of one. That book, the name, that, now them be that. There are many. The founder of Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship, Demos Shakarian, that whole family, his son, Richard Shakarian, that all, those are their stock. They are Armenian, people with the Armenian background. That was them. That's how they moved to America. Those who stayed are the ones who, about 15 years later, were slaughtered in the most terrible ways. Including those who were laughing. Say, look at. So you can spend your time. Read the news well. Be reading the newspaper thoroughly. Don't miss any paper. Fill your head with emptiness. When the day of trouble comes, newspapers don't save you. It's the Holy Spirit with whom you've cultivated a relationship that tells you, Joseph, stand up. Carry your wife and the child. Forever. Leave this place. Come out here. It is not the size of your bank account. No matter how much money Joseph would have had, if Herod's soldiers got there, they wouldn't say, Oga, how much will you leave your own child? How much will you give us? No. They had orders. However, those children were killed. Some say they invited all the parents for a party and threw the babies down. And, and they shattered. Whatever the story is, they slaughtered. Uh, the only child that escaped that we know of, his name was Jesus. And it's because his father was a spiritual man. Not a rich man, even though he was rich by that night, because those guys had just dropped gifts <laughs> worthy of a king. But his money is not what saved him. It was his relationship with God. Be it Lot, be it Joseph, be it 
Abraham, whoever it is, it is your relationship with God. Be the early Christians that were still in Jerusalem when the city came down. May we have the grace and the wisdom to think how God thinks, to hear how God hears, to understand how God understands. May we understand that the maker of heaven and earth is the one who's running the show. And it is best you are in his good graces that you find favor with him. That your favor with any other man, unfortunately, is still favor with a man in whose nostrils is the breath of life. And once it is quenched, you will find out like all flesh is like grass, like the flower of the field that fades. The grass will wither and the flower will fade. But the word of the Lord, the prophecies of our God will abide forever. Do you know these prophecies? They are contained primarily in 66 books you call your Bible. You should get acquainted with them because our future is written inside here. Questions? Quickly? Anyone have a question you haven't written? Let me see your hand. Online? No one. Let's read this. It's big enough. Among the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, the gift of diverse tongues is not really talked about. And we don't see many manifestations of it. How do you know? How do you know you don't see that many manifestations of diverse tongues? There are two kinds of tongues. I explained just last week. Tongues of men and tongues of angels. When I am praying, just this me, in this congregation, or anybody next to you, and they are praying in a tongue, and they are praying, Rabakushike, Rabarataligado, Sundelagaya. Or they are praying, How do you know it's the same as the other one? You don't know. You are not able to know. Now, that's maybe a tongue of angels or of men. You don't know. If they brought someone from Italy and brought someone from France and brought someone from Germany, three of them may say that you said different things at different times to them in their language. Are you hearing me? Preachers stand all the time and preach, and sometimes you don't know. Someone was preaching once, a lady in the U.S., she's from, you know, and she's preaching, and she begins to say, what, like, Sarida, 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 Sabara, Sarida. And later on, someone says, hey, I was hearing your meeting, or either the person was there or tuned in, and said, you were saying the sword, a sword, the sword. You will have no clue. So let me help you. You see things of the Spirit. They are spiritually discerned. Are you hearing me? If God doesn't come on you and say, who, right now I'm opening your ears to hear what is said, what is being prophesied, what is being spoken in a tongue, can just leave this matter of tongues, just leave it alone. Are you hearing me? They may be speaking Swahili. They may be speaking some Bantu language of Africa. Do you know how many languages there are on earth? When people are praying, because God wants to pray smoothly through them, and they are going, and they are saying, Father God, I'm asking you today, protect uh, uh, um, um, uh, my, my, our nation, protect our nation. And they began to pray that because the pastor said, let's pray for our nation. Pray, pray in the spirit. And then you went, oh, Rebo Rabaka, Rekaboga, Rokago, Rekaga, Reba, Rikora, Reba, 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 Reba. How do you know? Because this is what happens when people are speaking tongues. Next thing, you've crossed over. And God is like, you don't even know that 
this prayer for Nigeria, you don't know how specific it is that your brother that is right now in Quara State, that he's in danger. Even this night, he may lose his life. And your prayer is, as you're saying, Riba, in the language you're speaking from Fiji Islands, somewhere in the Pacific, you're saying, mercy, 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 my brother, my brother, mercy. You don't know. But because people don't understand spiritual things, and you go around with big-headed people with barely anything inside, and they go around saying things like, you know, no, no, nobody speaks in tongues. If they're speaking in tongues, someone should understand them. Do you understand languages you don't speak? And you eat a fang, and you don't understand what I'm saying. He's evil. He doesn't understand what I'm saying. Eh? He's he doesn't understand what I'm saying. He's a Bibio. Bounty. He doesn't understand what I'm saying. He's from a Quaver State. Simple words. In your Bible, and other, he doesn't understand. Even the Ibo say possibly doesn't understand because it's very Ibo. I, I, I was speaking, <laughs> I was speaking of very, uh, a dialect. Bring an wrong person here. That's wrong. I don't know what she's saying. If she starts talking here, I don't know what she's saying. And she's from Kwaibom State. I don't know what they're saying. A lot of zigzags and zodzugs and zamzumim. I don't know what she's saying. And someone is standing, Reparida Likoba. He said, What are they talking rubbish? How do you know what they are saying? Do you know the pride inherent in your heart to presume? You know all languages? The second, of course, the argument is, no, if it's a tongue, then the people around, there will be someone in the crowd that needs to hear it. How do you know there's not someone on air in the crowd that is hearing it? Did you track everyone to their homes? A man was preaching and he opened his mouth, began, spoke in tongues. He didn't even know what he's doing. After the meeting, a man walked up to him and said, ah, so you're an Igala man. Uh, but that thing you say, you should have said in front of the whole crowd now. The preacher looked at him and said, I'm not from Igala and I do not know what you're talking about. He said, you stood there now, you're a Igala man now, you're, you're talking to me. Every, uh, the man said, I don't know what you're saying. So in that preacher's mind, he just spoke in tongues. But he was speaking to the man. Do you know how many times, look at small me, who does not deem himself a prophet. I'll just be talking randomly, calling names, using it for illustration. The few people that I hear that would tell someone that tells someone that tells me, they say, ah, do you know I just walked into my room with my roommate? You call my roommate's name and you said the exact thing. I was talking with them as they're walking past. Here, when you people sit here and hear me preaching, you're like, ah, pastor, focus on the message now. You just keep diverting. Why do you think I divert without apology? Now, do you know how many times it happens? And those are the few that I hear. I'm not even talking about you people that are sitting here that it happens to. How much more? People online, all sorts of places, specifics. That's the spirit of prophecy. If I'm doing it in English, how much more in another tongue? I am saying you don't know. You don't know. You don't. I, I'm talking and I bring up one ridiculous song. The other time I'm singing and I'm singing and I'm standing here. Who remembers that? I said, if Oma, if Oma, if Oma. You remember? Someone sent me a message two days later. And he's talking to me about wanting to marry. And I say, so what's your, 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 your the person's name? He say, former. You can do what you like with it. He tuned 
in. He's very busy. He, he had tuned in. He heard. Do I know? I didn't know. I say it happens so many times that, that when you see me preaching and I don't apologize. How can you don't you don't know Jack? I am saying we should leave it alone. What you know is what you know. What you don't know, you don't know. Leave it alone. I advise you. So you don't offend God. So you don't offend God. You say, eh, eh, we don't really. Who said you don't see the manifestation? You don't know if you're seeing it because it is spiritually discerned. But let me tell you another interpretation of that. I shouldn't. Attend the class on doctrine of baptisms. BBS. Eh? If you have attended it, this question, you wouldn't ask. I don't know why I even answered it. Please, we have the class online. I'm just saying there's an online question. Believers Bible School. The series is online. I would prefer you go through the one that is video on Gamka, the God's Army Mobilizing Kingdom Academy. And I encourage many of you that haven't been through that, register with that school and go through it. Go through it. Go through it. Get the link. GAM-KA.org I thought on it but there's a video format, okay? There's also audio. It's okay. Go through it. And uh, you will learn a lot. You need to understand these things. See, see, when we are still at nursery school, we are, this is the end of the earth, though. See, the end of the world is coming. We are still doing beans, rice. Till now, people don't still believe the most simple things. What will we do? What will we do if we have gotten tired from running with food soldiers? What will we do with the horses? What will we do with the horses? Hey, God save us. We are still struggling over the most. I'm not saying it's wrong to ask. Please, I want more of such questions. I am saying that the body of Christ needs to be prayed for. It is so sad. Ah, while unbelievers are pressing deeper and deeper into darkness, they know all sorts of things about the spirit realm from the dark side. Then children of light are still doing A, B, C, one, two, three. Uh, continue. No, that's all I know. One, two, three. No, we need to know way more. So we can focus on fighting the enemy instead of fighting each other and punching each other because of not knowing simple things. Which is why I think church is everywhere. Church members have to start going up to their pastor and say, Pastor, thank you, you've been a blessing. I got born again here. I've grown. But after the first two years, I stopped growing. You say exactly the same things every time. Pastor, you need to take a break and go and grow up so you can come and teach us more. Pastor, go for other meetings. Pastor, visit other men of God. Pastor, ah, pastor, pastor, I'm still doing ABC. One, two, three. I've come across one, two, three people online who are in university in the spirit. We are still in primary school, nursery school. How can we be here? Pastor, you're still talking about God bless you. God will bless you. God, your children will be safe. Your mother will be safe. Your papa will be safe. Biscuit, biscuit, biscuit. It's time to grow up. We have to understand spiritual things well enough to respond to them. To react properly. To say, what could this be? Is this angelic or seraphimic? We have to go way beyond where we are. Way beyond. Please have peace. I hope I've answered you. The second thing is that the gift of diverse tongues sometimes manifests in people speaking actual languages. And I've heard of people that do that. 
the former head, the IC, head founder of ICC, International Christian Chamber of Commerce, went to a different country and spoke Portuguese throughout his time. That a young lady I knew that was in IHOP, Kansas City, you know, would go. She, they said she even did translations for the Pope. She spoke Italian, but she grew up in the U.S. She didn't know Italian. It was downloaded into her over a period of two, two days or so. Downloaded and stayed. Uh, surprises Sitole that worked with Irish ministry. Last time he was in Australia, but that's a long time ago. Uh, was said to speak six different languages. He grew up in the war-torn aftermath of, of Zimbabwe or Mozambique. And their language is a Portuguese type language. But they said by the Holy Spirit, he speaks six different languages. That's diversity of tongues. So don't believe anything. There's so many things happen. It might not be popular. Why? How many people are asking for it? The Bible says desire spiritual gifts. Earnestly. He told you how, not lightly. So if you have people asking, Lord, I want the gift of languages. Diversity of tongues is language. Tongues is languages. Lord, I want the gift of diversity of tongues. Some of these people that have it, they didn't ask for it. It just came because they needed it. Governor Olsen of ICCC didn't ask for it. For all I know, he was in a car. They picked him from the airport. He went there and the couple were arguing in front of him their language and he began to understand what they were saying. And he began to respond in it. And he was there for about three months and spoke the language throughout. The moment he left that land, went back to his land, he forgot it all. He disappeared. That's diversity of tongues. But a human tongue, do you understand? A preacher was preaching. I don't know if it's Rehabonke or someone else preaching. And the interpreter was interpreting. And he didn't interpret. Well, after I said, excuse me, he took the mic and began to preach in the language. I heard one I really liked. A Baptist group went for missionary work in Mexico or so. They speak Spanish there. And the guy was trying to preach the gospel, but they couldn't understand it. Next thing, his mouth changed. They don't believe in baptism of the Holy Spirit. Though. They don't believe in the gift of the Spirit, prophecy. His mouth began to speak Spanish. He preached to them in their language. They can do what they like with what happened. That's their problem. See this thing? It just walked through me. I don't believe it, sir. Don't believe it. Keep your, your confusion is yours. I don't know what he did, but I'm saying these are things that have happened. They are happening all over, my brother or sister, whoever asked this question. If you know how many things are happening around the world, you won't, if you, let me tell you something. Most of the things happening, you don't hear. The people you see on TV and hear that are known, a little happens with them. Do you hear me? Yes, believe me. The people that little happens with, little, little, are the popular people. The people that a lot happens with are unpopular people. Oh, you don't know. Let me not start. I'll, it will take us long. Unpopular people see so many things. People in the bush. People, unknowns. You want to see miracles, signs, wonders, astonishing things. Uh, you can't be in the city and you can't be around people that are too popular. I'm sorry. Even Jesus, he rarely did anything in Jerusalem. It's when he was in the outskirts. That's where he did a lot. Believe me. If I ask God to be able to speak 10 languages without learning them, would that be a manifestation of this gift? Yes, I've answered it without reading your question. What can we expect if we have the gift of diverse tongues as one of our major gifts? Can my strong desire for this gift pull God to give me? Yes. What can you expect if you have this gift of diverse tongues? Likely you may be called to be an evangelist. So you go and preach to others. I'm sure you're thinking of the gift of speak, saying what I've said in English or whatever is your primary or your language, language that you speak with your head. 
but it's of, if it's a diverse tongue in the spirit, it may be that you're called to an intercessory ministry where you may be praying in the spirit and you find yourself a strange kind of tongue flowing in your mouth. Likely you're praying in a language for the people that speak that language that you don't know. Okay? So that may be happening through you. So intercession, evangelism, especially. And maybe some forms of apostolic ministry that involve traveling. That's your going, your, your sense to places where they need this gifting. Again, I answered it by the other things I said without knowing. It seems to me that the true, the work of Christ concerning a person is finished. Okay, no problem. It remains for the individual to attain that state of completion through faith in this finished work. It's a feeling. It is the faith that we have that leads us closer to the vision of the final product Christ has made us become in him through the spirit. Yes, it is the faith we have that leads us. Just like I, do you remember when I talked about prophecy? Faith comes by by hearing. Hearing what? The word of God. So the vision of the final product God gave. Yes, we studied some of this last week. Go and read it. If you are not here, Second Peter chapter 1, read from verse 2 or 3, read down. You can read all the way down to verse 11. I'm answering this person. Whoever asks this question, I'm telling you what to do. How then can we still say that the work is not ended? If after everything I explain, the work is not ended. Enjoy. <laughs> okay, I suspect this person asked this question before I said plenty things. I hope you got the question. Since, since, since. I really hope you did. I've answered you. I didn't know your question. I've answered you. How we know the work is not finished. I told you. The work that finished was the work on the cross. That's of a lamb of sacrifice. That's the work that is finished. Do you know about the work of vengeance? You truly must be a visitor. Do you know about that Jesus... When was it I preached it? Last week? Did I talk, was he here talking about his garment stained in red that the day of vengeance is in his heart? The last two weeks. Uh, if you read that question, when did it happen? Question, has it happened? If it has not happened, then how has it finished? Read 1 Corinthians 15 alone. If you have no other scripture to read, just read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And you will see that Jesus has just begun. The Bible says the heavens must receive him. Until the time of refreshing, the time of restoration of all things is coming. There's coming a season. It's going to restore all things. It's clear that it's in the future. The people that said it, said it after the cross. That there's a day coming. So if he has finished, then what does the Bible tell you? That we are waiting eagerly. Okay, so don't speak bombastic English. and Don't speak big English and confuse yourself. And don't let anyone confuse you. You will give account for not reading your Bible. I can assure you. If you will not read your Bible, you see, one day you ask, Jesus said you should set the scripture. It is it that speaks of him. He didn't say, listen to every pastor. It is them that speak of me. He said, beware. Many false prophets have gone into the world. You don't know about false prophets. A false prophet is someone that says what God is not saying and says God said it. A false prophet may be a true child of God, born again. I'm not saying he's using juju power. But what he's saying is not what God is saying. Because he has not paid attention to God. Scriptures say, they are stood in my council in the book of Jeremiah. You would have torn them from their sin. So what you've described, I believe, half of what you've said. 
I have seen, in fact, I don't know if you came late. I have preached it this night that you are first to get the prophecy. It will drive you. You'll be driven by the spirit of prophecy. That is how it works. When you hear God say, you are my beloved, come to me. That motivates you. I'm accepted in the beloved and you head towards him. And he tells you this and that. You flow with it. You've heard many of my messages. However, when you make the mistake of saying that that work of justifying you, justification, look at it there on that chart, is all that Jesus came to do. Then it means you refuse to read even First Thessalonians chapter 5 that says he's also supposed to sanctify you and present you blameless spirit, soul, and body. The work of salvation in your spirit is called justification. The one in your soul is called sanctification or the process of being made holy. The one in your body is called glorification. That is when your body takes on the nature of Christ and begins to run on spirit. No more blood. That event has not occurred yet. It will occur according to Revelation chapter 20 at a particular time. And First Thessalonians chapter 4 at the voice, the sound of the angel, the last trump, the archangel. And you're going to hear, a sound is going to go forth. And people will be changed. First Corinthians 15. You'll be changed in an instant, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. But those that will be changed, is not every Christian, unfortunately, but those who had prepared themselves and made their garments clean, like the wise virgins who had oil in their lamps, who went in when the bridegroom came. Remember how I started? I am striving to be a friend of a bridegroom. I have a job. My job is to get people ready so they can stand up and trim their lamps and refill their hearts with oil. Go and listen to the series on oil. Extra oil for dark times. It's on our Telegram channel. It's on our website. It's a series of messages I preached in 2019. 18 or 19? About 19. Listen to it. It's a series where I'll el- I elaborate more. If you don't listen and prepare and you're busy sitting there and say, Jesus done it all, you will see. That's not a mistake. Jesus done nothing all. Jesus he who began a good work in you. Who began? Who began? He began. How dare you say he's finished when he said he, he has begun a good work in you? Why do you let God be true? Romans 3. And every man be a liar, including me, if I'm telling lies, and including you, if you believe lies. Don't spread it. God will deal with you when the day comes. If you didn't know it before today, you have heard it now. At the very least, ask questions, ask questions, ask, ask, ask. And when evidence is presented to you, do not reject it, except you have better evidence. Don't run on emotions. I was in a meeting years ago with some uh, interns I, in, on a place, a farm, a farmstead where they had workers, buildings, a hall, you know, that we used to go. And I'll go there and preach once a week, often, you know. But at the time, I wasn't really going once in a while. They invited me. And they'll have a group of students. They'll come do about sometimes 10, 20, 30, 40. And they'll come do the internship for months. So I'll go preach there sometimes. And I remember preaching. And there was one fellow that attends one of the churches that preaches a false grace. 
I didn't, I don't think I knew. Maybe I found out later. But as I was preaching, I was talking about the five stages of growth. How you go from believers to disciples to servants to friends to sons of God. And he said, no, cannot, you know, and you know my attitude. If you have a question, ask. But he was acting wrongly as I was speaking. He was scowling and making noise. Just really misbehaving. No, it wasn't a question. He was angry. He was that you drag his feet. Just misbehaving. Like almost young. I mean, how old was I? I mean, I've been 30. Maybe I was 38 or 9. He would probably be about 20, 21. Let's say he looked younger than his age. Maybe 22. 30, and he drag his feet. And I'm a preacher. And I'm standing there and preaching. And I said, it's okay. After I explained it to him, showed from scripture some things, but he couldn't take it. So I said, it's okay, it's okay, we can. And he kept doing this. And I told him, I can see your sonship. I can, I can see the mature sonship grace on your life. I can see. Like if I needed any evidence that you, that you don't even know what you're saying, is this not it? I didn't say all of this, but I summarized it. I say, you are living proof of exactly what I'm saying. Son. Do you know what the word son means? They even know what it means. It's a builder of the house. You, you're a, I mean, I'm not even talking about later when I found out that these were the bad students, the ones that don't do their duties, don't just problematic human being, not in church, in normal life. But someone has told him, ah, you're a conqueror son. You can't conquer yourself. You can't conquer the simplest bad habits. You can't conquer. But someone has deceived you. Alright, so that's an example. Someone said, you said angels don't know everything. I need clarity. What I meant was that angels, idiot, okay, in English, that means angels do not know everything. You thought they are omniscient. You thought angels are omniscient. Are you real? Don't ask questions like that. You are trying to angels know everything. What the matter with you? Uh, what is the matter with you? You think angel, you think anybody apart from God knows everything? Are you real? Do you know? Sorry, what do you mean by everything? Do you know what everything is? Paul said that God's depths are fathomless. They can't touch the bottom. They measure the sea in fathoms. When they say something is fathomless, it means you can't plumb it and touch the bottom. There's no bottom. So how? Come on. Okay, but let me be nice. One scripture, one scripture. The Bible says that angels desire to look into things. You didn't know. You've looked for trouble now. In the light of Exodus 3.22. Oh, angels, angels desire. Ah. Angels desire to look into. There are things angels desire to look into. First Peter one verse twelve. I have one more question, and you're done. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, when they foretold the things now announced. Read by those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. How do they do it? They do what? I can't remember. They do it the other way. I don't know. I just know that. It looks cool. 
Did you see angel? They don't understand English. Give me BB. Something watery, watery. What tight? Things which even angels have a desire to see. Things were made clear to those prophets that they were servants, God's servants, not for themselves, but for you. That's the prophets were given messages, not for themselves, but for you. I've taught on this thing in the past. They had messages, not for the Old Testament, but people are coming out to say it was for that time. The messages were for you and I today. Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel was for you, not even for them. Oh dear God, you don't believe To give you word of the things which have now come to your ears from the preachers of the good news through the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven. Things which even angels have a desire to see, to know. They desire to know it. Let me explain using an example a prophetic man gave. He said he was sitting down to study his Bible. He's a seer. He sees things. Spirit realm. And he saw two angels. They were not big angels. They were medium height. You know, small he said. And he saw angels. He had seen them before. One day he was worshipping God and he saw two angels. And they were, one was like drumming something. And singing along with him. They were flowing with, and he was like, huh? He was surprised. He didn't understand many things at the time. This other time, he's reading the Bible, and they are leaning over his shoulder, and he's like, why are you people looking like this? And the summary, the angels are like, eh, as the Holy Spirit is explaining to you, we've always wanted to know these things. Read that and tear it out of your Bible if you like. See, it's the Holy Spirit that is a teacher who will lead us into all truth. So when I tell you, you oh, God has never opened any of your eyes to see angels while I'm preaching. They are paying attention. Who has seen before? The angels you see look bored. They are like, hmm. be serious. I'm not joking. Raise your hand. You've seen angels paying attention to me. I'm standing here. And they are like, raise your hand now. Don't be ridiculous. I'm serious. No, I've never asked before. I'm just asking because you need to know. You see those hands? You, who told you angel when the Holy Spirit is running like a river angels are taking it you don't understand so you think God called the angels showed them all the future no angels are beings like you are a being they have their own class their own existence their, who knows they might have their own world and they are comprised of different kinds what you oh no no time no time I've talked about it. Was it this year? I've talked about it for many years, but I think I spoke about angels briefly for a while. Seraphim, all sorts of things. So, uh, find the message. Listen to it. The time. Except you break that clock. Angels don't know everything. Angels want to know. Angels wanted to know what those prophets... Angels, he didn't say they used to want to know. He said they desire to know. They have a desire to see. Now, 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 now. Angels are watching. Angels are astonished about many things that happen to you. They're like, eh? When you endure persecution for God and other an angel watches, they're like, wow. She endured that. Angels, you're a spectacle. To angels, oh God! See, there are too many things we mix up. <laughs> I know I like talking about how the angel, your angel goes. Oh God, shame will finish me. 
But your angels also are amazed. When you love God, your, angel, your angels are involved in you. When you're reading the Bible and the Holy Spirit is there teaching you, angels are listening in. They enjoy. You think when they seal a message and give an angel to deliver, that he always stops on the way and opens it and reads it. <laughs> you don't even know that they give angels messages to deliver. You see, these are the things. He told, this message is sealed up. Have you read the book of Daniel? And they brought messages and some were sealed up. And the angel may have opened some. Some he said no. Some he said this one is sealed up. John, you think necessarily the angel knew. Didn't you read when the angel or the elder told him, he said, he said who opened this seal? And he said only the lamb, lion of the tribe of Judah can open it. So, if you believe angels and everything, it means you think angels have broken every seal because you don't understand the hierarchy of heaven, which I've explained. Last year, I think, or two years ago, I took time, I explained a good part of the hierarchy of heaven. God the Father, Jesus Christ, and then I talked about cadres, categories, these differences of how things run in the spirit. Don't presume on anything. Remember how I started. We know what we know. What we don't know, we don't know. We are too busy, not me, not you, our brethren. Too busy running after money. So you don't have time to learn anything. Because everybody say A, B, C, D, E, A, G, A, Q. That's what we do in the spirit. We should not. We should spend time inquiring. You know, reading the Bible is one way of knowing about God. In addition to reading the Bible, is accessing the realms of the spirit. Bible is the foundation for it all. But when you have a solid biblical foundation and the Holy Spirit has a base to teach you things, then many of you have already had, but many, you're going to have deeper and deeper. If you will stay faithful and the Lord will take you to places, he will teach you things, especially those called to share giftings and all that. He will teach you things your brain will explode safely. He will show you things you go like, are you serious? You say, yes. There's so much to know. But have you ever wondered why you seem to be serious with God for only brief amounts of time? Okay, you don't know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> I've told you I was created for you. You were created for me. Like when God was making me, he, he was calling your names. So I know you more than you know. I'll repeat it. How many of you have noticed you're, you're deep and serious with God for periods of time? Then you always get, I didn't say you backslid. There are those who do, doing those gaps. But there are other, your seriousness never seems to last more than, it's not that you're not serious, but it's like someone accelerating. It always, you always let off. Two months, one month, two weeks, six months. Can you imagine if your leg just stayed on the accelerator? You'll be flying physically. Oh, you don't understand. You don't understand. And there's a reason why Satan, that's why he fights us so much. Then you look at you, this guy's getting too serious. Can, have you noticed? Wake you up every day and praying by four. Stop that thing. Stop that thing. You're, they pull out your file. <laughs> they start walking on you. <laughs> your auntie just come back from America and invite you over. You're gone. By the time you come back, you are as cold as ice block. Then you come to church meeting. (laughs) 
Firewood. Very, very fire. Then you steam up a bit. So it always, this is how we go. This is our life. Okay, I'm talking about your neighbor. Okay, tell your neighbor is your life. I know you. How do I know? I know myself. <laughs> Many times I sit there and go like, what if, what if there's never a pause? What if just... Very few people seem to be able to do that, but you can do it. If you will stay at it, if you will say nothing, I'm not talking about what you feel, because you may be rising, but not feeling anything. Are you hearing me? But you keep your devotion steady and your love hot consistent. Yesterday, someone shared in her devotion, she would preach in the bus every time. Preach and stop. Preach. For a while. Enjoy it every time. The time comes, you stop for a month. But, uh, and then again, you say, God, help me be restored. Preach. But if you just continue, miracles will start happening in the vehicles. Oh, yes. The enemy sees. He sees when the thing is getting hot. 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 Very soon you go blow. Very soon you say, driver, or the bus will just spoil. So you have extra time to preach. And then you would have gone and say, uh, uh, Madam, as I was speaking, I see, is it true? But the whole boss, everybody will be crying. You, there will be revival! But no, no, we can't allow that happen. We can't allow that happen. Uh, let's distract her with some emotional entanglement. Ah! You know, well, uh, distract her with, what's that series? Just hit her with it. And her heart grows cold. So when she's the boss, she's thinking about it. Then starts living regret for the next two months. Like, God, I'm so sorry I've not been preaching. That's all. It just goes on. But if you had kept at it, stayed at it, stayed at it, you'd have gotten red hot. Satan knows. And he knows if he pushes you too hard, you rebel. So he'll leave you. We don't know that Satan leaves people. He stops tempting people at a time. He knows you may overreact and get over serious and fast for seven days. So even he knows. Hey, hey, stop, stop. Experienced demons don't push you forever. They know when to let off too. They say just keep them medium. In the light of Exodus 3.22 and Exodus 12.35, what could this mean for believers licking the world today? Leaving the world today? Exodus 3.22 and 12.35 gold and silver put them on your sons and daughters yes jewelry yes yes verse 35 I'm done 35 what furthermore the Israelites acted on Moses' word and asked the Egyptians for articles of gold and silver and gold and for clothing what's your question what he has to do with the world today these unbelievers Oh, unbelievers. Hmm? I don't understand. These were non-believers. These were Jews. And they said they should call it. I thought you even read the place where he said they should put it on their children. On their ear and their neck. Necklace. Earring. I don't understand the question. Who knows what they mean? I do not understand it. Try fast. Out of them. 
Oh, whether you should collect things from unbelievers, they are gold and silver. Don't steal them. I don't know what you're asking. Go and walk, oh. go and walk. Oh. I don't know what you're asking. Go and find a job. Oh. Hey. You want to go and plunder unbelievers? <laughs> Your question is not clear now. So if, you have, if you want to clarify and you're here, if I haven't answered, there's no answer. Go and find a job. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You learn anything today? Yes, like us stand to our feet, lift our hands and tell the Lord, thank you. Tell him thank you for understanding knowledge and discernment. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for light. Light comes from Thank you, Lord. Nothing you can do. Thank you, Lord. Light comes from you. All you say is true. Light comes from you. One more time. There's nothing you can't do. Light comes from you. All you say is true. Light comes from you. Hallelujah. Thank you, good God. Thank you for loving us. Father, give us more and more opportunities to come before you. Why the atmosphere is charged is because the angels get excited when you talk about them. They are real. They are not figments of your imagination. And the atmosphere matters. An atmosphere of belief enables Like I said about our personal life, if you keep your foot on the pedal, you go faster and faster, higher and higher. Same thing, if you're in a meeting and it goes on and on, and you keep talking about this. So let's say we stayed for two more hours now. There will be lots of things happening here. You see, but there are times God doesn't want us going too hot, too fast at once. There are seasons when he says it's okay. But I'm saying that we have a lot of a part to play in how much of God we enjoy, whether you believe it or not. We do. We act as though it's all up to God. It's not. Like that person said in that question about finish, there's truth in what they are saying, but it's mixed with erroneous thinking too. You have a great part to the extent you believe. However, there's also the purposes of God and his plans, which no matter what you do, you can't override. Let me just pray for you. If you lift your hands, I'm asking for these ones here today. That you cause them to walk in the knowledge of the things that matter. May you give all here the capacity to see how you see. To think how you think. And therefore to act how you act. May we see how we must live in accordance 
with the prophecies which have been spoken concerning us. Forgive us, Father, for all the ways. Forgive your children here for all the ways they have sided with the world and the enemy. All the times our mouths have spoken unadvisedly. All the times we have offered rebellion, uttered rebellion against the Lord and his anointed. Forgive us for all the times we are on the wrong side of the argument. Forgive us for thinking we must be involved in the argument. Forgive us for being too prideful and thinking too highly of ourselves. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Good God, we are asking here, and this, if, it, if, it, if this is your desire, press into it. I am asking here that you, gracious Father, will release for us dimensions of, dimensions of understanding hitherto we have not had. Amen. We choose light over darkness. Amen. We want to understand how you understand. Amen. We want to perceive how you perceive. Amen. We want to fight how you fight. Amen. We want to take the path that you take. We want to walk in the company of the heavenly host. Your word says, rejoice you that dwell in the heavens. Woe to those who dwell on the earth. Father, we don't want to dwell on the earth. We want to dwell in the heavens. Keep us where you are. Let us see your glory. Your glory. Your glory. Deliver us, Father God, from the darkness and dust that this world stirs up. Separate us. May we be truly dwellers in Zion. Far above. Far above. Principalities and powers. The influence of the workers of iniquity. Let us be found in the place. Where light is the norm. Where there is no night. In the place where there is constant light. Let this be our portion. Hear the prayer of your people. I ask for the person who is hungry for a gift of diversity of tongues, answer their prayer. Amen. Let there be a release of gifting in the name of Jesus. Amen. If they are called to use this tool to serve, equip them with it. And if they, are, if they are just asking and they just want to experience you in some way, Lord, satisfy the desire of this living thing. Amen. Oh, give joy to your children. Give joy to your children. Amen. Different ones, different here that have desired certain things. Father, you're the one who can do all things. I've heard of your fame. Do it in our day. Amen. Do it in our day. Amen. Do it for the hungry and the thirsty today. Amen. Come to them. Come to them. I add my voice to their prayer. Do it for them. Bring them into a wide place. Give them a new song. Give them joy like a river. Oh, Lord, a Savior. Give them joy. Give them joy. Father, come in your power. Save and deliver. Give them joy. Father, give them joy. I come as a believer. 
We come as receive us, give us joy. Adonai, give us joy. We are your creatures, and you are our maker. Give us joy. Abba, give us joy. We ask in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for every offering that has been given. And everyone that will be given this night. As you receive it, cause it to multiply for the extension of your kingdom. Let the truth go forth. Let many hear and be free. Oh God, cause the truth to go forth. So many are in bondage, blind, limited by ignorance. Help us be vessels of divesting truth into the earth. Oh God, let the spirits of timidity and fear and confusion be bound down. May these ones be agents of deliverance. There are people everywhere hungry for the truth. If only someone would tell them. If only someone would explain. If only someone would share a snippet, a clip from a message. If only someone, if only someone. I've seen Church of Christ members who believe none of the gifts of the Spirit. Seeing visions in Church of Christ churches. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. May we be vessels that help accomplish the impossible. May they go from here. Let there be a fire on us to spread the truth. By audio, by video, written text, forwarded, message, blog, whatever it takes to help those that do not know to know. Let the light shine in the darkness of ignorance. Let the darkness comprehend it not. Make us vessels. Vessels unto honor. May we walk in understanding. May we spread understanding. May understanding people abound in the land. May your church know the liberty that comes with the knowledge of the holy. Thank you. Bless their water and their bread. May your angels accompany them smoothly, safely, and quickly to their destinations all. Give them rest and peace. I bind spirits of opposition, angry spirits. May your angels restrain them. May happy spirits go with them. May joy go before them. Give them joy. Thank you. Amen. We pray you receive eyes to see, ears to hear, and an understanding heart. Remember, test all things and hold fast to what is good. For more information, visit our website at gods-lighthouse.org.